0: Are listening to the Heavy Metal Hangover, where the beer is always cold and the music is always heavy. With your hosts wearing jeans and leather, not Cracker Jack clothes, Rex and Duff. Welcome to another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. My name is Duff.
1: My name is Rex. I can't, so I can't crack open anything yet, so let me explain why. Fridays, we record on Fridays. I play hockey first thing in the morning, like first thing in the morning. So I've been up for a long time and I I occasionally at this point in the evening when we record the show, need a little boost. So to get this boost, and this is not a sponsored thing. I wish it was sponsored. I've been drinking like G Fuel. It's it's this stuff that's sugar free. It's kind of like an energy drink, but it's got other stuff in it. But the reason why I say this is cool is because they released Jason Voorhees. G fuel called hack and slash G fuel. It's got the hockey mask on it. It's got Friday the 13th and a bloody ax on it and everything else. So I'm drinking that to get started. And then when that kicks in and I've got some energy, I will switch to beer, but I'm excited to be drinking a Jason Voorhees drink. They also
0: released a Duff drink. So, okay. You know, Chucky, (laughs) let me, let me throw this out. So this is going to sound like one of those ads where I'm the, so how do you do that, sir? Um, legitimately where do you buy that stuff? This is an actual question because I don't even know where they sell it. Like I I have no idea. Well the the Friday the 13th stuff, I, I guess. I mean in I, general, I've just never I've literally never seen it. But well I've never G- drank an energy drink in my life, so I don't know.
1: Well, you know, I don't usually drink energy drinks because um this is really going to sound like a commercial and
0: really folks we're not being paid for.
1: No, this. I'm not I dude, if 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 they want to start sending me Jason Voorhees G-fuel because I'm talking about him, I'll take it. But I'm not being. I paid for this. I ordered it. The, I, I,
0: the, the I ordered the, the Jason Voorhees the stuff online,
1: stuff. and it's sold out now. I mean, the but, only show that, uh, go ahead. I, I I ordered the Jason Voorhees stuff online, and it's sold out now. But um, you know, they, the regular stuff is at like Walmart and crap, and they, like they have it at, at like the Jason stuff. You're supposed to be able to buy at GNC. I'm going on a mission tomorrow, or tomorrow or Sunday. I'm going on a mission to try and find the Chucky and the Nightmare on Elm Street one. Like, bottom line is this: if you put Jason or his hockey mask or Friday the, the words Friday the Thirteenth on stuff, I'm gonna buy it.
0: I mean, literally, I'm gonna buy it. So, well, I dude, that, whole- that's kind of like that's like me. Like, you literally just sent me a link to all the movies that are on sale on Amazon. I was like, dude, Slumber Party Massacre. There's <laughs> boobs on the cover. I'm gonna buy it. That is, by the way, that is an actual rule of mine with vinyl. If there are boobs on the cover, I buy it. Like, like, like. I, I mean I've considered buying albums of genres I wouldn't even listen to just for boobs. But I tried I, I always I don't I don't buy records unless I'm gonna listen to them so I don't do that. But I do, I do, man. I will I will buy I will buy them. It doesn't matter. So that, that's my ticket. For you if it's Jason, for me it's you know, boobs. But I I, I hey, you know what? I, I support I support them. I've got like a whole wall like of Friday the thirteenth in my basement, like behind me. Is literally a wall of
1: like Jason Voorhees and horror stuff. Uh, I'm a big fan of horror movies. Jason happens to be my favorite. Um, always, it's funny because it goes back to when I was growing up. I, I like I remember on Friday the 13th they would always show the marathons on TV, and of course on TV they were a little watered down. But I remember I would watch parts one and two, then it would, they would show part four, five, and then they'd show part seven. And those are the ones they showed on TV. I don't know why they never showed three Three or six or three or six. I don't know why. Um, But uh, yeah, I I mean, so I remember like, you know, it's funny because Jason was the first like, you know, the Friday the 13th movies were the first slasher movies, like 80 slasher movies I ever watched. I I saw those before Nightmare on Elm Street. I saw those before Halloween. Um, They might have been
0: mine, too. I don't remember. I saw so many of them kind of all kind of. Collectively, as a kid, and then, you know, became a fan you know, after
1: that. But it's really funny, though, when you think about that. We're sitting here talking about, yeah, when I was a kid, I used to
0: watch Friday the Thirteenth, dude. Like, I mean, legitimately, like I I tell the story all the time, though. I mean, when I was in eighth grade, I rented out the entire horror section at a video store. Um, back in Erie, there was a there was a video store. I I could ride my bike there, and they had a special. And I don't, I talked about this years ago on the show, but. It was $5 for five days for five movies. So I'd go up, bring five bucks, I'd get five movies and have them, you know, for the week. And I, But they had to be like general titles, you couldn't get new releases. So I just went to the horror section and I went alphabetically. I literally went alphabetically through their entire horror section, rented them all. So, like, if I was at Friday the Thirteenth, I'd rent one through five, and then when I was done, I'd return them, and then go start with six, and then when I was done with that series, I'd move on to whatever the next one alphabetically was. Um, I, I so I legitimately rented out their entire horror section in eighth grade, you know. Which, you know, th- by the way, that doesn't make me cool. That's not the point. Um, but that was it was in eighth grade when I watched the entire section. I had already been a fan of some of those, but again. I don't. I highly doubt I saw them. I probably first saw them on network television as well. It was probably network television when I first saw them. So I'm with you that I probably saw them on like USA or whatever the hell it was on. Um, yeah. You know. For me, it was around 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 like Halloween and stuff. Yeah, or whatever. I mean, whatever They'll, channels played they, them. they would. You know,
1: you know where I used to watch them is I would watch actually uh, Canadian television. So like we grew oh, up yeah. on we grew up on the northern border. And I would get the the signal for, you know, with a set, you know, I I had a set of rabbit ears. Like I wasn't like I didn't have cable when I was a kid. I, I had, you know, in my room, I had a TV that I that I was gifted and I would have a set of rabbit ears and you could get Canadian television from across the lake. So, you know, Toronto's television. The thing about Canadian television is after 10 p.m., anything goes. So after 10 yeah, p.m., any movies they boobs. showed all night was was uncut. It was just like you'd see on cable. So, mm-hmm. you know, I used to stay up all night or especially around Halloween and they would show movies from 10 p.m. until dawn and I'd stay up all night sometimes just watching movies and around Halloween they would always show the horror movies. So that was my introduction to a lot of things. Like that was the first time I saw The Exorcist and all of its sequels. That was the first time I saw uh, like a bunch of cheesy slasher movies and cheesy horror movies like squirm and the stuff and, and like really the the cheesy stuff that you really you, you got in. They're deep cuts. You know what I mean? Like the the, the ones where where they're not your Jason's or Freddy's there. You're like, what the heck is that thing? You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. So I don't know. And, you know, of course, like I said, Friday the 13th and Halloween. That's a that's the thing I miss, though, because a lot of these t- t- like stations and cables ch- uh, channels and stuff and I don't. I don't really have. I don't have cable, and I don't watch a lot of television. Most of what I watch is streaming and on demand stuff. So yeah, every, I don't
0: have. I don't have cable at all. Yeah. And where I live, I can't get. You know, I, I I can't use like an antenna. I can't. It doesn't broadcast anywhere near me. So I don't have TV at all. I watch stuff streaming, and honestly, I don't even watch much of that anymore. But what you know, the things
1: that the thing is, like I, I see like people posting about like, oh, you know, here's you know the the cable networks will post like, here's our Halloween, you know october halloween you know whatever programming or whatever and i'm like it's literally the same movie and it's like disney caliber it's like what's that movie with the three witches um it, it, hocus pocus yeah it's like it's like hocus pocus every night of the week and i'm like i miss when they would actually show nightmare on elm street or friday well, the all, 13th. That, that movie
0: let, let's let me let me let me pause you real quick like what what, what drives me nuts about Um, about that movie right is that that movie is such an example of a missed opportunity like it's such a missed opportunity you have a movie about three women witches and there's not one of them you want to do it with none of them i'll I'll give you this that's the only time i've ever found sarah jessica Parker
1: kind of attractive she's like the best of the bunch i had to dude i was oh god and and that by the way i was like the family guy thing what, you let Sarah Jeff- Jessica Parker on TV
0: and she looks like a foot? <laughs> dude, Sarah Jessica Parker only looks okay because she's standing next to Bette Midler and the fat nun from, <laughs> Sister, <laughs> from Act. Sister Act. Yeah. I, mean, like, I mean, in comparison, it's like, eeny, meeny, I guess I'll go with that one, you know? <laughs> but, like, dude, I had to be on a conference call one time with Sarah Jessica Parker. And, like, dude, she, I don't like making fun of people, but I highly doubt she listens. And if she does... I would say it to her. She was excruciatingly dumb. It was so hard to listen to her. I was, It was a long, long time ago, but I was, I was on a conference call with her, and it was just, uh, it was, it was painful. But seriously, you know what I mean? Like they couldn't get one hot person in that movie. Like not one. It, it, the, I, uh, it's just a shame. I mean, I and by the way, I'm, not, I mean, again, it's a kids movie, right? Like, and it was a fun movie when I was a kid. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm saying it's a movie like. You got a golden opportunity to at least cast one set of them, and you, you get not you get nothing, and it's so annoying. I was gonna, gonna so say like, bothers me to, it bothers me to this day. I'm just gonna but tell I was you. gonna say like you know it, it annoys me that like
1: the holiday programming, or you know, and, and, I, and I refer to it as the holiday programming because
0: <laughs> holiday programming. The,
1: you know, Halloween is my holiday. Halloween is the holiday of metalheads. Like, I don't know a single metalhead that just doesn't love Halloween. I mean. Half of the half of metal music is about something related to Halloween, be it zombies, monsters, ghosts, you know, slasher stuff like and I mean, there's so many bands that have done songs on horror movies. We talked about a lot of the bands that were, you know, featured in horror movies like their music was featured in horror movies last week. But there's other bands like, you know, there's bands like uh, uh, Evil Dead was named after Evil Dead. Death did a song called Evil Dead that was about Evil Dead. You know, you did the Misfits do Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously Doc and Dream Warriors. You know, Alice Cooper, Man Behind the Mask. And it, it's just crazy. Like the amount of uh, there, there's others, a million others to name that are all like, uh, um, I mean, it's not a movie. Well, technically, I guess it was later on. But uh you know, Anthrax does a song about the Stand, Stephen King's yeah. book. I mean, like horror and metal go together like crazy. Like the, the the two are married together. I mean, if chances are, if you're listening to Cannibal Corpse, you're not going to turn off a Jason Voorhees movie, or you're not going to turn off a Freddy Krueger movie. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. it's just they 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 go so close together. Um, so you know, we 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 started the top top of the show talking about movies. I have a feeling that most people who are listening aren't complaining. You know, they're not sitting there going, yeah, they're oh, "Oh, they're not talking about music. They're talking about stupid horror movies." And if you do, ah, well, it's my show, and it's and it's a tough show. So what <laughs> yeah, are you, you going to do? What?
0: Fast forward. Fast it's forward. Okay. Just
1: just like our friend that said, we take too long to get to the topic. We do appreciate you listening, hey. but sometimes we do get off track.
0: And uh, I, yeah, I, and so- I've said this before. I watch enough of films to understand. Sometimes. Sometimes you got to get through. You some, sometimes, fast forward the, through the pizza being delivered. Yeah, I was like, sometimes <laughs> you don't want to watch her count the change to give to the pizza guy and then him ask for a tip. You, sometimes you just want to like, set the pizza down, dude. Set it down. Get to effing. Just, it's cool. Just, just stop. Start yeah, effing. Start, <laughs> start effing. Um, you know? Come on come on get to it now but uh <laughs> no i mean
1: truthfully and honestly like i again you know this is my favorite time of year this is uh but you know i you know, all these ne- all these networks like i just don't see that stuff maybe i'm not looking in the right places but you know you don't see halloween movies on you see like the original halloween they'll show on halloween night or maybe they'll show it a couple times throughout the month but They used to have marathons. They used to show like four or five of the Friday the 13th, four or five of the Halloweens, a few of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. Like you used to see that stuff. I just don't. You just don't see it anymore. I I don't know why. Mm. If it's licensing, like they don't want to pay for the licensing, or if it's just like I mean, again, I don't have cable, so maybe I'm missing this stuff. But
0: people are weak. They can't handle it.
1: Yeah, you know, know. I I wouldn't honestly be surprised if that was the case. Like, you know, a lot there. Oh, we can't show that on television. Won't someone think of the children?
0: No, I, I I don't I don't. You can't <laughs> don't see that. <laughs> you can't see that on television. Um, it's, you know, no, I'm, hey dude, come on. You know, and, and I'm not going down a rabbit hole, but let's just be fair. People are weak. You know, people are weak. Everything offends them. They can't handle it. It's just and, and this isn't a guy we don't talk politics on the show. It don't, don't don't even begin to think that's where I'm going with this. It's just the truth of the matter. You know what I mean? Like people today, they just can't handle it. They'll be like, uh, they'll they'll figure something out that upsets them about it. Next thing you know, it's banned. You know, it's like, dude, (sighs) they probably keep it off TV so Jason doesn't get, like, canceled or something. You know, it's just, it's stupid. You know, And, and again, please, no one, stop. Before you think we're going, we're not. I'm just saying people get their panties in a bunch way too easy nowadays. So that's probably why. But again, I'm with you, dude. They could show these things on I don't know. Just is there still such thing as a USA Network? I don't know. One of those. Um, see, I remember the good days of cable when um, when you had like TBS when you had movies for guys who like movies. And you remember they used to they used to say that TBS stood for the Beastmaster Station. <laughs> so you played the Beastmaster every day. Uh, and by the way, I own that on Blu-ray because that movie rules. Uh, 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 that's what I miss though man I miss I miss just spending my my day on cable and seeing just in constant repetition like the Beastmaster and over the top all day long dude over the top come on man you know like how that movie could not be cooler it just couldn't it, there, there's there's some <laughs> movies that you know I don't care. Who you are? You try to tell me that over the top is not an awesome movie. I'm just, I'm telling you right now. You, you're, I'm just not going to listen to you because first of all, it stars Robert Loggia and Terry Funk. I mean, dude, what, what? There's just anyway. <sighs> That's not a horror movie, but it's still awesome. Um, and yeah, but you know what? It's a kind of movie that needs like a cheesy it needs like a Rocky 4 sound well every Stallone movie needed a Rocky 4 soundtrack right but like if over the top like I like Beast in Black needs to they need to like re-release over the top and have Beast in Black just do the soundtrack it would be awesome <laughs> it would be so cool you but, know? Uh, <laughs> they missed they missed the chance on Rocky 4 but uh, maybe they can convince them to re-release over the top and let them do the soundtrack and remake it it would be it. so cool I mean, so, like when the dudes the, the guy's chugging motor oil for no reason <laughs> like, that'll, I help I... <laughs> <laughs> that'll help you win. That'll help you. To the <laughs> hospital, <laughs> and but... like, 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 like the big, the big storyline where when he turns his hat backwards, he's better at arm wrestling than he cheats to win. <laughs> so stupid. It's awesome. <laughs> I need to drink more, folks. But, yeah. uh, yeah, no, <sighs> I mean, anyway, yeah. so yeah,
1: this, uh, you know, it's it's Halloween. It's I, I'm jazzed. I always love this time of year. You're getting some jazz down in Texas. <laughs> I wish. No, I, I love this time of year. I love Halloween. It's my favorite time of the year. It always gets me, gets me excited for uh, for the year. It's sad though because it's almost over. Like it seems like October flies by. So like I get you know when the spirit Halloween start opening up, you know you get super excited. Just I I used to I was going like two three times a week just just to see if they had anything new. Well, can we, can and we, now can we just say it that. They, you kind of embody the spirit of Halloween. I, I am like, uh, I am like the the Halloween king here. I'm I'm certainly not Jack Skellington. I'm I, I've never been built like that.
0: No, Vinny no. though. <laughs> Vinny Vinny Vinny, Vinny yeah, used to yeah. be built like that. I mean, th- which which was a little bit more acceptable that he had a tiny pecker because he weighed like nine pounds. You know, he was like six foot three and nine pounds. You know what I mean? But like, he was like the kind the, of guy where the, you turn sideways and you wonder where he went. The guys, the, the gel in the guy's hair weighed more than he did. Like I was, I was convinced that's why he used it. You know, <laughs> he he put gel in his hair so he didn't float away. <laughs> like float on, away. <laughs> He's gonna float away. Oh man, God, no, seriously man. though, it's oh, Can you imagine but being anyways, six so three I, and been hung like a fly? It's just I can't imagine. <laughs> At least I'm five so, yeah. ten, you know. But uh, no,
1: I love uh, Halloween. <laughs> it's it's seriously, I'm obsessed with it. I, I, it's my favorite time of the year. It's I I actually get depressed. I actually get depressed Halloween night because, like, I, I really do because I'm, I'm, like, at the end of the night when everything's calming down and, uh, you, you know, like, bag I, of rocks. Love, I'm with you. I hear you. No, yeah, you big bag of rocks. And I eat. I got a rock.
0: <laughs> I don't If you're laughing at why I think you are, I don't even know if we can tell that story or not. <laughs> <laughs> Your Halloween costume. <laughs> Can we tell that story unedited? Yeah, because it's an innocent story. Like <laughs> So, dude, okay, this is a real story. This is like this is like, I don't even know, like more than ten years, like twelve or thirteen years ago. I went as ha- as I I I went as Charlie Brown on Halloween for Halloween. Like I, I, I dressed up as Charlie Brown on Halloween for Charlie Brown right with, with I you know with the ghost with too many holes in it and like too many eye holes in it and I, I I cut it on the bottom all weird and I carried around a bag it had rocks in it and it literally said bag of rocks and n- first of all, no one got it. Nobody got the joke. They'd be like, what what was that south like so what what's your costume there? And I was like, I'm Charlie Brown. On Halloween, they're like, what you talking about? I'm like, the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Dude, I swear to God, I was at a bar full of people who had never seen it. So here I am. I'm dressed (laughs) up like Charlie Brown on Halloween. No, I'm getting to that one. (laughs) Now, imagine, like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you have to look at... So Google Charlie Brown on Halloween. I'm going to do it right now. Hold on. Halloween. And you will see a picture of him... There's a little picture of him saying, the bag, I got a rock. I got a rock, That's literally exactly what I did for Halloween. I had a paper bag, everything. Like, I have pictures of it. I nailed this costume perfectly. (laughs) Someone walks up to me and says, look, son, you got a lot of balls dressing up like a Klansman. I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) How stupid are you?
1: (laughs) But see, that's something that would only happen to you. And I mean it's got nothing it's it's got nothing to do with like you know the like it it's something that people would only say, say to you it's like it's the same kind of luck that led your car to catch on fire like,
0: I'm like
1: <laughs> it's I'm the like, same kind of I'm luck like, that led you to slip in the shower and fall ass first into a heater
0: I just I looked at the guy I'm like first of all how do you not get the costume <laughs> secondly It doesn't look anything like that. How (laughs) stupid are you? You I was like, he's like, well, you do have, what the hell? The rocks have nothing to do. Come on. It's (laughs) literally labeled a bag of rocks. Seriously. (laughs) It's literally labeled bag of rocks and has rocks in it. Dude, I was, uh, oh, oh God. And I have witnesses to that story. I have a witness to that story. Not that they would not help, but my my closest friend from down south, she was there, and <laughs> we we just so us us and the karaoke DJ. The three of us were the only ones who got like no one got it. I was like, oh my god! You're I mean, it's actually fitting if that's the costume you are doing. It's fitting that no one would get it, right? Because you know everybody else got candy. I got a rock. Like everyone else has a costume and no one gets mine. You know, I got yeah, a rock. Yeah, someone someone literally. Someone literally, like, actually thought I was dressed up as a Klansman. And I'm like, like I'm the, a... two look, the two look nothing alike. The two
1: look nothing alike, It's buddy. like I said, that's the kind of luck that leads you to drive a car and find out when you take it to the mechanic that the entire car is rotted out underneath and you almost lost your front wheel. Oh, man. <laughs>
0: I like, don't, that's
1: the no, kind of luck. No, those are two different look. cars.
0: I know. <laughs> I had one car that almost caught on fire, and one car that I bought, it passed inspection, and a week later found out that they didn't actually look underneath it, and it was so <laughs> rotted out underneath that the, the front wheel, and like the whole front end of it fell <laughs> off. Um, and then I had one that caught on fire right under my ass, that was fun. Um, <laughs> that's the kind of
1: luck. That you're sitting there typing a term paper, and your computer just
0: gets- Yeah, I did. I had a computer catch on fire. It was um, my first semester as an MBA student. I was in grad school. My first semester, and it was coming into finals week. I was writing a paper. And I was like, what the hell is that? And I realized, like, the fan broke, and my computer overheated and started... Like, I see smoke coming out of the little phone. I was like, what the hell? Ha <laughs> ha! Like seriously, oh, and then and then you gotta you gotta remember the time that early on when we were recording the show. You're, you're I I because okay, look, so uh, if you're new to the show, you don't you probably don't know that I I record my show in the basement because look, man, I've got a dog and you know I, I I have to do it downstairs. It's the only way I can do it, and and it's great. I mean, I have my little recording set up here. I've got moving blankets around me. It, it's good. It, it works really well, but. In the winter, it's, it's unfinished, and it's unheated down here, and it gets really cold. So what I would do is I would put, like, a little a little space heater right next to me, and it was nice. You know, it'd keep my crotch area warm, and it's nice to have. Well, one time I had it sitting there, and I was like, all right, in the early show, we used to always take a break in the middle because we would do, like, two-and-a-half, three-hour episodes all the time. So we would always take a break in the middle, and during the break, you know, we would go up, we'd get another beer, we'd take a squirt, you know, drain the lizard, whatever we needed to do. And then I'd come back downstairs. Well, I got up and I went to go upstairs and I must have accidentally bumped my chair so that it turned and the one side of the chair pointed up against the heater. And it like, I came downstairs and I was like, what the hell is that? And my chair is like, it wasn't on fire, but it was burning like and melting. I was like, oh my God, put it out. Put it out. I just, I just
1: laughed so hard. Like that's that story every once in a while. Oh, and don't forget I mean, nothing, the time don't forget the time when you're out shuffling snow and you slipped and we're like, ah son of a bitch! son of a bitch, F <laughs> I you know, that's
0: the best video ever. But, but like that, that's the kind of luck. That's the kind of luck you're dealing with. You know we gotta do out we gotta we gotta make a we gotta make a gif out of that. See if we can like just it's just not, not as good without the that. audio though. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it is it is pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> son of but- a bitch. Son of <laughs> a bitch. Ow. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> but- son of a bitch F, then ow. Um, I, I, dude, I, I even swear like an old man. I don't know. Um <laughs> no, I mean, and by the was- way, I, I will I will I need to throw this out. There is no part of me that would ever, ever give any reason for someone to imply <laughs> that I was a member of the clan. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to make that clear. I'm glad no- you clarified. I- Hey, just before people were like, hear that, hear that, he gave him a reason to think so. No, Google Charlie
1: Brown like on you Halloween. you literally were going as an old, because that's what Charlie Brown was. He was being an old-fashioned ghost like you'd
0: see in the but 50s. But he screwed up the costume.
1: Yeah, and, like, you know, so, I mean, like, and, and there was
0: nothing even implied or close, but, like, geez, like, that, it, that cracks me up. It's like everyone else went as a ghost, but his costume was messed up. Yeah. Everyone else got candy. He got rocks. I thought it was funny. Clearly... I mean you got to realize I was in the south so that already like you know <laughs> he probably was in it That's probably why he thought that but like <laughs> he was probably telling you you had a lot of balls because he's like how dare you dress <laughs> He was probably he probably dropped like some code word that I didn't pick up on. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's like he's you didn't give him back the secret handshake. Or <laughs> you know what I mean? Like do they have I don't know. I don't even want to know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I was just making that know. up. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> Rex was like, I can make some calls. No, 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 don't. What? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something to laugh about. I don't think they like than the me. Situation you know, is I don't, what's I don't about. think they like me if you know what I mean. Yeah, well we did <laughs> But, oh, God, no, <laughs> like I said, that that is not something to laugh about. But being asked that over a Charlie Brown costume is definitely ridiculous Being dressed like laugh. Charlie Brown and somebody
1: accusing you of that is pretty ridiculous. Oh, man, you know, I'm <laughs> like,
0: you are, oh, so, oh God, I, man. some people, but, I, well, oh, you know, like, my favorite costume, like, I went as, I went as, um, one went as Wilson from Home Improvement one time, I have a picture of it, it's one of the coolest costumes I ever did, it cost me like 50 cents. I bought a fishing hat on, on eBay, or, or I picked one up. It was like a dollar. I think I went to like a Salvation Army, picked it up for like a dollar. All right, I get it, which is twice a 50 cents. I get it. But I bought some popsicle sticks. I made, a, I, made a little, I made a little fence that I could hold in my hand out of popsicle sticks and put on a fishing hat. And I walked around with a little fence in front of my face. And, dude, it was, it was the coolest costume. Everybody, I swear to God, I went to the bar that night. And everybody got the costume. And I swear to God, all night long, it was like, dude, you're the guy from Full House. And I'm like, get, just go away. Who? Jesse and the Rippers? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, which one of the Rippers do I look like? You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, Uncle Joey had a flipping fence in front of his house. Cousins, whatever. You know, like, <laughs> oh, God, no. Like, everybody got who it was. Everybody got it. They're like, dude, you're you're the you're the guy from next door neighbor in, 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 in full house. It was full house all night long. I don't I don't uh
1: hate people. Anyway. <sighs> you yeah, you see, <sighs> I'm surprised you didn't respond like, please, you think if I was on full house I wouldn't have been hitting on Stephanie?
0: <laughs> dude, you don't have to hit on Come on, dude, you don't have to hit well, let's be fair. Clearly not when she was on the show. But well, like when she was older, dude, he didn't have to hit on her.
1: She's older than we are, so Yeah, but
0: you didn't have to hit on her. <laughs> All you had to do was, you know, give her some blow and you were getting some in return. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> dude, she, she she had admitted it. She used to, like, go in the bathroom and do a line and every other guy in the room. Like, come on.
1: She'd where was li-
0: I? She'd hit a rail and then hit a rail. Where, <laughs> the, the question of the night is, where was I? You know? Like, I might not have been the guy who... Broader the blow but I would have been that innocent bystander that got hooked up with a little something you know what I mean like I could have a <laughs> bystander I, <laughs> yeah right I, I could have I could have at least taken a look see you know what I mean a looky <laughs> I'm serious dude she's a she's a hot piece of she's a hot piece of trash man that's pretty awesome <laughs> you got you got to admit it man you know there is there is something hot about like hollywood skanky you know it's awesome <laughs> and then, then the other one's all like, you know, I love the Jesus, and we don't want that one. You know? we, we don't want the Jesus one. We want the we want the middle one. Let's just be fair. <laughs> you know, I uh, love the Jesus. She's she, her brother is the I love the Jesus more. Yeah, than I she know. Does, he, he's the one who made all his left behind
1: movies. Yeah, like. they're they're both
0: they're both the, they both love Loveth the Jesus, which is fine. Hey, if you if you're I, I, we've always said man, if, if you're super into striper, <sighs> more power to you. You know, they're a good band <laughs> as long as you don't ask what. You know, devil hell happened. with the devil. If you, as long as you don't ever ask what happened to their singer.
1: What happened you know. to Michael Sweet? Ah!
0: Eddie, ah! Trunk. Ah! Eddie Trunk will rip your face off if you ask him what happened to Michael Sweet. <laughs> Dude, if I were ever going to something and I knew Eddie Trunk was there, like, because, you know, he, you go to a show, like, he introduces bands or stupid crap. If I'm ever at a show that I know he's going to be at, I will wear a whatever happened to Michael Sweet shirt. I will wear it. And I'll get him to sign it. <laughs> You'd have to talk to him though. I just I just want to be like dude. Is your is your uh, Is your is your autograph as big as your bald spot like I just gotta know man. I hate him. I hate I hate him What? Shut up. Why why did that woman on my phone decide to start telling me what some word meant that I didn't look up (laughs) I don't know (laughs) anyway (laughs) That I don't want to say her name the apple woman she just, she, cause then she'll start talking again. I don't want to. I'm again. just
1: disappointed that what it, that Michael Sweet like flip out from Eddie Trunk got taken down. I know.
0: I can't find it anywhere. It's the worst. It's like, it's like a, a Vinnie's Pecker. You can't find it anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I can find, I can world. find Eddie
1: Trunk interviewing Michael Sweet, but not yelling about I just,
0: you know what I mean? It's, he's, it's like when Eddie, it was, um, it's like when he pulled a, uh, 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 a Conan the Librarian, excuse me, I believe these books are a little overdue, nah. like it's just, dude, he went, he went postal on this guy for literally just wanting, the guy was literally like, I really like Striper, and I don't know what they're up to anymore, and I don't, I, I haven't seen them put out a new record, but I don't spend every, but I don't work in the industry, I don't call these guys every day. And because record stores don't exist, I don't really see that they put new albums out. So I'm legitimately saying I'm a fan. You're not a fan! Blah, 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 blah! He's the... God. He's every... Always remember, folks. Eddie Trunk is everything wrong with the world of hard rock and heavy metal. And since he is the biggest name in hard rock and heavy metal, he is also the worst thing about it. Um. Anyway, enough of my yakking. Um, I guess this is that halfway... This is that 30-minute point where we decide to... Um, get off! <laughs> no, when we uh, should probably start talking about like our picks of the week or whatever the hell our topic is going to be today. Um, why don't you start off? Give, give us your pick of the week, and we'll. I'm gonna eat her. I'm gonna eat a, a candy bar. Well, you know, one of those little fun size ones. So so I found out the, acca- the account that posted that video. <clears throat> yeah, it was it
1: was killed like completely taken down. The account is gone, not just the video.
0: Oh yeah, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Trunk probably had them. Had them uh, removed. <clears throat> I, I mean, dude, you would think he's proud of that video. You would think that Sir Edward the Trunk would want that video out there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's like his calling card. He's proud of that moment. He, he constantly used to, I don't know. I, I mean, the, the man is constantly talks about, and dude, I haven't listened to him in a million years. Because, like, I, I I work very hard to avoid him. Like I work very hard to make sure that it's how exotic. do you avoid him?
1: He's the biggest name in hard rock and heavy metal, dude.
0: I, it's like man, when I was in when I was in Chicago last week, I was staying in a hotel. I had nothing else better to do. You can only wank so many times, <laughs> <laughs> and for me, that's a lot. But eventually, you you run out of steam, you know. You gotta, or more, you, more likely you need to t- go to the store and get some bomb or something. <laughs> well, more, more, more than anything else, I need to get my, give my right hand a rest. But, you know, it's you it, get it's the claw going. <laughs> <laughs> the, the right hand's feeling a little abused, you know. But, dude, I go to watch that Dio documentary that's out now. I don't remember what it was on. I, I don't remember what streaming service it's on. But there's this Dio documentary. It's like, yeah, I'm going to watch a Dio documentary. Dude, it starts with Eddie Trunk. I couldn't even watch it. It, it. it was that filth just ruined it, man. It's like I want to watch. I want to watch something about Dio. I don't want to watch Eddie Trunk. And if he's going to be on it, do you have to open the. Do you have to open it with him. Ugh, I hate him anyway. Tell me your damn pick of the week before I talk about Eddie Trunk, dumbass. <laughs> so
1: my pick of the week is pretty predictable. Um, my pick of the week is Cannibal Corpse's Chaos Horrific. Um, came out a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago um it wasn't my pick of the week only because you know we had we had a break with the shows um last week i th- wasn't last week
0: didn't we do i think we both did nervosa last week <laughs> No, i don't remember no Nervosa. two weeks ago we both did nervosa last week i didn't have a pick but you picked um, some, some yeah yeah, i band. picked a punk band yeah that was a was super yeah, into some, that week some girl so, band with a girls chaos oh.
1: horrific by cannibal corpse you know I, I love the album it's a really good album all i gotta say is if you like cannibal corpse it's gonna be a it's going to be another cannibal corpse album if you don't like cannibal corpse it's not going to change your mind cannibal corpse is one of those bands where again we call them a peanut butter and jelly band why because and i i didn't come up with this we didn't come up with this i read it somewhere it's you can go anywhere that sir you could go anywhere and order a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you pretty much know what you're going to get you're going to get peanut butter you're going to get jelly and you're going to get bread you know like it's not like where if you order chicken somewhere, there's 50 different ways to repair it. No, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know what you're going to get. And that's pretty much what Cannibal Corpse does every single album. Um, they are the ACDC of death metal, meaning you're going to get you're going to get an album, You know, you're going to know exactly what it's going to sound like. They're not going to depart too much from their formula it's going to be decent it's going to be a fun ride it's not going to change the world it's going to give him an excuse to go on the road and tour and you're gonna go you're gonna go see him you're gonna have a good time you're gonna enjoy it and george fisher is going to buy legos those are the things that happen when a new cannibal corpse album comes out and tell you about it i still to this day would love to run into him at target um like it was funny when they when they played um when they played New York city a few years ago, I literally almost went because I knew where the closest target was in proximity to the venue. And I was literally going to like go to target just to see if I could find him. I probably would have too, because sure enough, he said, I think he was on stage and he goes, I bet you guys are wondering if I went to target. I did. (laughs) Cause at the time it was just around that time when that viral video came out of him, like literally shopping in target. And it was like the biggest thing ever for a while um but yeah anyway so you know cannibal corpse is chaos horrific it is definitely a fun album um again not going to change your world not going to change your mind on corpse but it's another entry in their catalog and i had to mention it because corpse is such a such a is one of my favorite bands and you know i i have to mention the album so this while I would say, again, this isn't one of those picks of the week where it's like, here's something I bet you never heard of, I feel I'm obligated to at least include this because it probably will be on my top 10 of the year. Maybe. I don't know, but there's a lot of good stuff coming out later in the year, so who knows?
0: By the way, I just want to throw this out. Like, this is the difference between you and I. Um, if Cannibal Corpse is in town, Rex would go to Target and two things would happen. Number one, you would find some obnoxious, something that was accidentally marked wrong and you'd buy it for a dollar when it was supposed to be 300 and then you'd get home would be worth a lot more money the next day and while you're there you would run into corpse grinder so i would hear your story and then you know two days later they're playing in a city near me so i would go to the target nearest the venue to try to meet corpse grinder and i would be there and coincidentally somehow resemble a guy who just robbed the place and therefore i would get arrested <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> I'd, I'd get questioned and probably strip searched you know <laughs> which i could, which you know let's be fair i could get into but you know the, 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 it would have to be a lady cop and i wouldn't be that lucky you know what i mean <laughs> they, they 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 would be going on with the full body cavity searches you know i'd be like no yeah were, we're looking for legos i can't, I can't put them up there <laughs> It doesn't work that way.
1: <laughs> Don't stop till you feel the back of their teeth. <laughs> no, I I, and I gotta cool say this, I gotta say this, or it's funny because I mean we've met Corpse Grinder and he's like the nicest guy yeah, on Double the face back, of the nice earth. Guy, like he's right. the nicest dude. Um And he doesn't hide it either. I mean he's Oh no. Yeah, see that and we've talked about, about this before. The cool thing about social media is and we, we you know you've used the term before kayfabe which is you know a wrestling term it means like staying in character so you know if you're running into the ring and you blow out both your quads you still got to pretend like you're you know it's all part of the show and it's all part of the plan that you aren't standing up and you're sitting there with two blown out quads like that that's,
0: that's kayfabe I don't like, even know how it was. Ha- I don't even know how it was possible that it happened. By the way, <laughs> it was amazing. Anyway, if, you've, if you've never seen the video of Vince McMahon blowing out both of his quads while walking, just going into the all he did was walk to the ring and go in the ring, and he somehow blew out both of his quads. <laughs> it's God, like the funniest it thing in the world. <laughs> but
1: you know, it's like so. I gotta if watch you, it now. Hold so, on. <laughs> so if, you know, for instance, if you bump Dude, into, I just the, typed Vince M, and it comes up Vince. McMahon it's like one of the. It's like one of the like. most watched videos because people love it because it's so ridiculous. Like, but if so if you meet the undertaker in a restaurant he's not going to be like hi i'm mark calloway he's going to go i ordered the chicken because the
0: chicken will rest in peace you know like that's that's kayfabe well dude, i think i mentioned it before but al snow i i, I watched it I, if i didn't mention this other show i gotta say this al snow who's awesome I, and i've met him he's the coolest guy ever and al snow said when he was wrestling Back when, if you know who I'm talking about, back in the 90s, during the Attitude Era, he did this, he played this guy who had head, it was a a mannequin head, and he would talk to the head all the time and do this kind of stuff. Well, he said that like normally wrestlers, when they travel, they travel with someone else or maybe they travel with three people so that they're not driving alone. And Al Snow said he purposely would travel alone. That way he was only ever seen traveling with head and not anybody else. And he said when he would stop to eat, like every time he was out on tour, when he was, you know, on the road with wrestling, every restaurant he would go to to eat, he would bring Head with him and he would order Head a meal and talk to him the whole time and like get in arguments with him. Sit, Like, dude, he's like at a Denny's with Head and he's arguing with his head and orders at a meal. Like, he never dropped kayfabe. Like, that's, that's real and true kayfabe. And bands used to do that. You know, like, I mean, Slayer had the no smile rule or whatever they called it. Right. You know, you couldn't smile when you were in Slayer. You know, you you couldn't be like if someone would have find out that Tom Araya was a Christian or found out that, like, you know, could you imagine what would have happened in 1980, you know, 86 or 87 if a photo leaked of, you know, the guys in Slayer at one of their daughter's recitals? Dude, the band's career would have ended. It I, I sounds ridiculous, but it's, it was all part of the mystique. It's all part of it. And and, and again, I use wrestling as an example because it's a really good one. You know, and, and actually, dude, if you remember correctly, Alice Cooper used to say, because I remember this was one thing you said about Marilyn Manson. It goes, the difference with this is I have always made it clear that there is the Alice Cooper on stage and then there's the Alice Cooper off stage. He's like, I've never tried to say that I am the guy you see on stage. Alice always made that. He always, I mean, then there's a joke in Wayne's world about it, you know, when he, you know, he's talking about, <laughs> you know, um, talking about Mili you know, but where he said, you know, Marilyn Manson's problem was he tried to say it was him, so he had to keep that act up all the time. It's hard to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, back, back, seriously, back in the 80s, those guys. They they had to, now now in fairness this is when social media didn't exist, um and the internet didn't exist back in those days so for a wrestler to keep that up was a lot easier because they only had to worry about it if they were around people that you know were gonna take a picture or something like that where actually one thing that happened to wrestling if you remember was there was like three wrestlers that got pulled over by a cop. And they got thrown in jail for having like a bag of weed in the car. Like, it was no big deal. It was like a misdemeanor. But when the news broke, it was two or three guys. I don't remember who it was. But it was two or three guys that got, that got arrested together in the same car. But as wrestlers, they were feuding at the time. And fans were like, wait a second. Why were they in a car together? They hate each other. You know? Like, it was that big of a deal. And music was the same way. And... You know, Cannibal Corpse. In fairness, if you watch anything from Cannibal Corpse back in the '90s that was off stage, they never re- I, they never did the kayfabe thing. They really didn't. They you watch anything of them like you know signing autographs, whatever they were doing off stage, they were just kind of a bunch. I mean, can we be kind of fair here? The guy, not counting George, the guys in Cannibal Corpse are kind of just nerdy guys, like they're really not cool guys, (laughs) you know, they're, I mean, they're, 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 they're great musicians and they're nice people. But what I mean is they're not these wild and crazy personalities. They're super kind of goobers. I mean, they just are George, George is just such an, a huge personality. I I just recently watched a video with Alex Webster and he said, you know, he was like, what what he loves about George, he's like, George, is perfectly comfortable putting his real personal life out there and he's really okay with it he's like the thing is though George does some interesting things Alex was like dude if I made my real life public people would be like god you're lame (laughs) you know like oh you're reading a book today like what a dork you know so that's just I mean it's it's but yeah I know you're totally right with the whole kayfabe thing like it's just bands can't they just can't do you can't do that anymore it wouldn't work it just wouldn't it would be no way i mean it's like, like slip, how, you know it how, slipped, how could you, it's like slipped on yeah.
1: 99 you could get i mean even ghost like any band now that tries to do the whole mask thing and you don't know who they are it it comes out eventually and it came out before the whole lawsuit like i remember people pointed to the lawsuit with ghost you know, Oh, that's where we found out who they were. But it wasn't. It was actually social media posts a year before that. Tobias Forge was in a picture with like Phil Anselmo and a whole bunch of other people, and it was tagged Ghost. So everybody was like, well, the only person I don't know in this picture to already be in a band is Tobias Forge, and he's the only one not associated with any of the other bands that are tagged, so he must be the guy behind Ghost. Sure enough, he didn't confirm it, but right there, social media outed him. Years before he finally was like, yes, I'm pop Emeritus," you know, like so like, you know, and that's the thing. You cannot get away with this anymore. Like people, were, you know, when 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 Slipknot had their faces posted before they ever publicly took. Oh, I mean, Corey did. But, you know, with with with. Uh, stone sour and stuff but before they did. before they were ever like doing interviews and stuff without their masks was a
0: whore if there ever was one let's just be fair
1: well but yeah but i'm saying like you know before they started openly doing interviews without their masks on because it used to be like it was a kiss rule where kiss would go out in public without their masks and acknowledge that they were gene simmons and paul stanley but if they did an interview they showed up in face paint like that was always the rule like even if they were doing a radio interview they showed up in full costume. Like Gene and, and you know until what? until the eight, according to their books, until the eighties when they took off their paint, they never went and did anything as Kiss without their face paint, and you know. So, but my point is, my point is like, yeah, with social media, you cannot get away with the kayfabe. So, Corpse Grinder couldn't. And frankly, I'll be honest with you, I find it more entertaining that way. Like I, well, I, I go ahead.
0: No, 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 no. Go ahead, answer that because I was going to ask you something.
1: Go ahead. Well, I was going to say like I find it more entertaining that you know. It it seems it always came off as kind of silly to me that these guys would be up there like, This next song is called We're Gonna Rip Out Your Throat. Uh because you know these guys weren't going off stage and like you like they were drinking beer and having fun just like everybody else. And I get the whole performance aspect of it and everything else like that. But look, the bottom line is like the the reason why people liked Metallica so much is because they were guys that got up on stage and played music and walked off stage. James Hetfield was yeah, you know, within reason, the same guy on stage as he on, was off stage for the most
0: part. You know, like they it's I mean, like James I mean, Hetfield an, an exaggerated an exaggerated version of himself. Right, like, he was himself well, turned how to many 11. band's always, how many other bands always said like they were jealous of Metallica not having not having a visual gimmick per exactly. And Anthrax I mean, every, is, every the same band way. is a gimmick, but they didn't have you know, Metallica didn't have to put on their gear before they got up on stage
1: and yeah. anthrax i mean god anthrax was even worse because they would go out and jam shorts and ninja turtles t-shirts like you know like that's and that's what i'm talking about like you know i i so i think it's fun when corpse grinder goes up there and he's george corpse grinder fisher not corpse grinder you know like you know what i think it's cool when john tardy goes up there and he's not my name is john tardy you know like well,
0: actually, no. He doesn't talk between songs. He only does the John. Well, I, I know, but you know, you know what I mean. He does it while grinning
1: and like, you but know, that's grinning exactly and what I mean. He's there, and like, and you got you got freaking uh, Trevor well, Perez and, you know, over there, like smiling the whole time, holding up his like whiskey and coke, and like, like that's
0: the thing. Like, well, you that, know what? And, I, and I'll say this though: if if they keep the character up the entire time they're doing the performance, that's cool. That's cool. Like, I totally get that's part of the show, right? But when they're able to not be that guy when they're signing autographs, it's way cooler. Well, but what you know, I mean when, is when, 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 they, when they don't pretend that that's them all the time, but it's, I mean, it's way, it's way cooler. But I, I mean, even I, 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 you know, and I get it. Like some bands,
1: like, like I said, again, Ghost, like he's not going to break character on stage. Like he's going to be Papa Emeritus the whole time he's on stage. Like there's, there's some bands where that works for them and that's kind of their shtick and that's cool. I'm not saying that bands shouldn't do it. I'm just saying, like, a band like Cannibal Corpse, I have more fun seeing them when George is, like, cracking jokes. And when, you know, when, like I said, obituary, I have more fun seeing them when they're, like, having, when you can tell they're just having a good time. Like, you got Don Tardy in the back, and he's, like, the Max Weinberg of death metal because he never stops smiling the entire time he's playing. And, like, I, lo- like, I dig that. You know what I mean? It, it, it kind of kills that whole, you know that whole stereotype about heavy metal and and everything else it's just dudes having a good time and that's what metal is we go to shows to have a good time not because we want to we want to listen to people sing about murder no we listen cuz it's a freaking fun time we go we go to a metal show and listen to corpse grinder sing you know skullful of maggots and and blowtorch slaughter for the same reason as we go watch a friday the 13th we don't well. think it's cool to watch people die we think it's it's a fun wow. entertaining it's a well, No, I'm saying it's a fun, entertaining
0: time, and we know it's all f- make believe at the end of the day. So, what I was going to say here's my question, though. And it, this is, I mean, I know we've 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 talked about this before, but here's my question: as a fat old guy who's been listening to metal basically my entire life, um, I I one thousand percent agree with you. Like, I'm com- in complete and total agreement with you. That I like Cannibal Corpse more as seeing their singer win stuff out of a claw machine. I just do. I he's a meme. You know now. It, it. It well and, and in the and in the same way of you know I yeah I, Chris Jericho is way cooler now. Actually, Chris Jericho was always cool. It's so probably a bad example, but you know wrestlers too like it, it's it's cool that they don't have to try to keep that but, but let me ask you this though that's our viewpoint is the viewpoint of someone who is in their 40s early 40s but still in our 40s who's been around a while and we've been doing this for a long time my question though is does that ruin a lot of the magic that we had growing up I mean again hey you know we watched wrestling when we were little we both might have known it was fake but we clearly if you watched wrestling in the 80s as a kid you could be told it was fake a hundred times but there was certain there was still a certain level like you, you you would have thought that Ted DiBiase was actually a bad person well, they used you to know, give him money to, like... Well, well, that's my point. You... Part of loving wrestling... Well, look, it's like... It, it's like when you watch a magician. The fun is... The fun is in believing it. The fun is... I mean, for some people, they're like, Well, I'm, I'm happy that I know how that trick works. It's like... Yeah, but there's also a level of fun in just – in that in that moment, you're like, wow, how'd he do that? That's – wow, maybe, maybe he really did make the Statue of Liberty disappear or whatever. The point is, like, there is that level of fun with wrestling, but there was also that level of fun with metal. I mean, dude, look, you and I are both pretty intelligent guys, but come on. I mean, there was a point in our lives when – we first heard Slayer when we were kids. And dude, we thought they were like, oh my God, these guys are evil. It's so cool. Like, is. Was it. Is there a level of believing it that made it better? Made it. Like, there was a whole level of believing it that you miss out on now. Because kids now, like, they. they they're not going to think that Slayer is evil because they're, they're going to find out about Slayer on Instagram before they find out about them. They're going to see Tom Mariah, you know, in a picture, a picture of him and his daughter, you know, cracking joke. They're going to see that before they hear the band. So they're, they're, there is no way. Like, kids aren't going to think that now. Social media is going to ruin that. But, you know, again, for, for us, you know, if, if we were 40 years old then, we probably would have been like, dude, this would be a lot cooler if they would drop the gimmick. But as kids, there was parts of us that, you know, that that was part of it. I mean, when you thought when you thought Ozzy was, you know, this this you know the 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 devil spawn himself. I really I don't think I ever thought that about Ozzy because he was you know half dead by the time we were alive. But you get my point. All we there's just that 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 mystique about it and 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 as much as we would like to pretend otherwise that's part you know the performance aspect of it is part of metal and believing it was part of it just like believing that you know whatever that you know some wrestler was gonna really you know when you really thought that um Sergeant Slaughter was a traitor to the United States. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh my God, he's working with the other... So- oh my God, he's a traitor to the country. Or whatever it was. <laughs> because, dude, think about like... And again, I hate to make all these wrestling connections, but, dude, we're all nerds here. Dude, WrestleMania seven, when, when Hulk Hogan went against uh, Sergeant Slaughter, you know, when Sergeant Slaughter had left the United States to work with the Iraqis or whatever, and... um Remember, like, dude, he was getting death threats. He had to have guards take his kids to school because they were getting death threats. Yep. Dude, he, legitimately, his life was threatened because people actually thought he was a traitor to the United States. Now, that sounds obnoxious, but that's part of the fun. But, I mean, like, you know, going back to it's, metal, like... I, I, no, no, just, I'm sorry, I, all I'm saying is there's part of me that misses that. Part of me that misses... The innocence, on my end. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it's like, I don't know. With with, but it's with, it's like it's like a, it's like believing in Santa Claus. I don't know what it is, but there's something about that that I do. I will tell you. I as a, I, I think it's corny now, but I miss it from time to time. Well, I will
1: say this though. I mean, I, I unfortunately, I think it was Machine Gun Kelly, who was making fun of Corey Taylor because he's like, you have a bunch of fifty year old guys jumping around in masks. I think it more stems from that, some of the, some of the breaking of kayfabe, because you know a lot of the younger bands can get away. Like what's that band who I was laughing at like horribly? The one the the lead singer like is dressed like the crow. You know which one I'm talking about.
0: Oh, they're terrible. They're they like, sound like they're corn. Corn like was way worse though. Like yeah, I they're don't like corn like, at all but you, you have to respect I, them. I can't remember, remember who they, they are. They, this band is terrible.
1: I can't remember who they are either way. But like they're all they're all like, you know, their whole video is look, like, look how insane, look how crazy we are. We're all crazy, we're all weird, we're all It makes so Cold Chamber look not so No,
0: actually it doesn't Yeah, they, they didn't have terrible. Evil Viewmasters though. But um I'm so my Cold Chamber, but if you've never seen the Loco video, there was an episode of the show a few years ago where I was watching the video. We were both Watching the video while recording. And we were, like, giving honest reactions to a video that neither one of us had seen in 20 years. And, dude, we were dying. Like, the guy with the evil... Like, who decided, like, okay, hey, that guy's crazy. Give him... What do we give him? Uh, Give him a view, master! And the one guy's, like, scary sitting. Like, it's the worst... It's the dumbest thing ever. But these guys rival it, man. These guys are terrible. Whatever band you're talking about, I do not remember their name. But anyways, look like the crow meets...
1: So there are porn. there
0: are bands out there that
1: still do that stuff but I mean like yeah it's it's you have to like
0: you have to like yeah, you know they keep it up do they keep it up off stage I don't know do they, I, do they do they try to sell it like that's who they are I I get I think that's the big difference for me are they trying to sell it like it's real or are they or are they or not to, to me that's the biggest difference like a band who wants to come out and corpse paint and on all that junk like Hey man, if it's part of the show and it adds to it, go for it. But are you trying to pretend it's real? I, that's my big question. Well, but that,
1: you know, either way, you know, my, but my whole point is, you know, you get to the point, like, when, when you're a certain age, and, you know, all these guys are getting into their 50s now, all the original death metal bands, if not even, you know, like mid 50s. And you start to think to yourself, like, you know, you, you, I don't know, it it starts to be a little silly when you see a 55, 50, you know, 50, 55-year-old man up there pretending to be evil and, uh, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of, it, it almost gets, it almost gets harder to believe than than the, uh, okay, that's what a word I'm looking for. It's really, your suspension of disbelief really kind of is challenged there.
0: Well, no, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Like,
1: you know, like, that's the thing, like, Slipknot now is to the point of where the masks are more of a visual arts thing. It's like it's like they're not doing characters, you know, like they're not up there prete- They're just, you know, the masks are. It's a visual part of the band. So like I that I understand, and that's why I say like for them it's not ridiculous. Now if they were getting up there pretending to be like, oh, I'm this, I'm the nose jerk off guy, and I'm I'm the evil clown and have look have at my me, job. you know. I should have just
0: I should have just gotten paid to like jerk off. um... <laughs> Your nose? Well, I guess my nose. I mean, whatever. But like, you know, yeah. or I'm the like, evil clown. Look at me! I'm the evil clown. No, they get I've up got there. You master. You
1: know, I've got an evil ViewMaster. No, like, but they don't. They don't do that. Like, they get up there and they're pretty much a band. Like, they're not. They're not playing characters or you know whatever. And so I get that, and that's why I say yeah, like, you know, a, they're it's an a exception. It's a visual
0: thing. It's part of their show. All for yeah, it. And
1: at this, they're not trying to pass it off as real. Right. They're not trying to like pretend like they're they're like these characters, but. So that's, I mean, whatever. That's why I don't like, you know, whatever. But, like, again, to see Corpse Grinder, who you know has a family, you know has, like, a wife and kids, <laughs> to get for him to get up there and be like, this next song is called, you know, Stripped, Raped, and Strangled, you know, and him to be, like, not himself. You're thinking to yourself, like, I, it, it just gets again harder to believe so it's weird like you know all that kayfabe and stuff <coughs> like that is just wah, wah, wah. i love you You know I, I mean i get it you know i don't know like i i get mixed feelings i have more fun seeing cannibal corpse now than i think i did when you know before the illusion was was broken or whatever i i don't know because i i feel a more of a connection to a band and, and I guess, again, there are certain exceptions. Like, Ghost is an exception. If Tobias Forge was to get up there and play these ghost songs, I don't think it would go. I don't think it was be, would be as cool of a show as, as no, no, like, you, you want know, that as a show. Right, you want you, that as the show. Because he is playing a kid, you Like, when you go to a ghost show, you're not just seeing a concert, you're almost seeing what like, amounts you, to a Broadway show. Do you want to see Guar without the costumes? Well, that's really? that's what I mean. Like, so so like there, there's a performance aspect to it. It's that you know Ghost isn't trying to be we're four guys who get up on stage and play instruments. They're trying to be a show. Guar is a show. Cannibal Corpse is five guys who get up on stage and play instruments. Slayer is four guys who get up on stage and play instruments. So I think that that's where that's where the differential is for me. Is, is it a performance? Is it like uh, uh, you get up there and you're truly being a character that like Alice Cooper, who you walk off stage and you're no longer that character? Or is it that you're just trying to be in a band? You know what I mean? Like, that. I guess that's the difference. I mean, if you meet if you see Lars Ulrich on stage, he's from what I hear and what I've seen in like videos and stuff. He's the same guy off stage as he is on stage.
0: Yeah, you know, if he's Lars
1: your go. Yeah, if it's Lars Your go. Like I, you know, but I don't know. T-shirts. I get, I get it. Like, so I, I don't know. It's hard to say. But I have more fun now because I feel more of a connection to Cannibal Corpse when I know George is a guy just like me versus him trying to be up there and be Nathan Explosion. You know what I mean?
0: Which, but again, and and it's really, it's it's really interesting to me. I just wonder how much of that is the effect of us being old men. I, you know, it probably. As
1: We, You know, it probably is because we know, again, like your worldview changes, too, because we talk a lot about how when we were 16 and Metallica released load, we were sitting there like, man, they sold out. We'd never do that. Like, we'd always stay true to the music we want to play. And we'd never, you know, we'd we'd see these like, you know, you'd see session musicians. Like, can you imagine what we would have thought when we were 16 if we would have seen Nita Strauss go and play for Demi Lovato? We'd be like, oh, man, she sold out. And I can't believe
0: that she's. You know, and I'm, I'm t- again, I'm talking in the '90s. I'm not talking I, I today. I would have said some really pervy things. That's all. Well, I'm saying I, I know me, I know me well enough from those days. I would have, I would, I dude, I would have written a script in math class. I would have been like, all right, I've got the script for their lesbian video. It's going to look like this, and then I, you no, know, but, I would have too. That's the worst part. But I'm saying, like, you know, I me mean, back
1: in the '90s when you know we weren't as informed and stuff like that. We would have, oh, I can't believe she sold out and everything. And now I say as a. As a, as a guy who's, you know, in his 40s, I would have been like, you know, in early 40s, I would have been like, hey, you know what? She's probably making a lot of money. I'd do it. You know, Demi Lovato calls me up tomorrow and says, I need a guitar player and here's what I'm going to pay you. And if that offer is more than I make at my job right now, I'll be like. Let me get my stuff together. I'll be on a plane tomorrow. You know, like, You'll say, okay. Okay. Hell yeah. I mean, but that's, I, so, you know, your worldview changes when you're, when you're like 16, 17, yeah, yeah. and, and the most important thing to you is like what t shirt you're going to wear to school that day that, that's going to, you know, that, that's going to show your love for metal and everything else like that. It's a lot different than when you're, you know, an adult and you actually have to think about like, oh, I got yeah, bills see, to pay. I got, I got a job to go to. I every own a day. home. I want a home.
0: It's one of those things where, like, I, I'm telling you, I would have... That's the difference between me then and me now. Back then, I would have been like... I would have heard a, a modern Metallic album and been like, Dude, they sold out. This sucks. Now I'd just be like, this sucks. Like, the yeah. alb- I would still think the album sucks. Just I wouldn't claim it was because they, were, they hey, sold out. Yeah, I this sucks,
1: sucks. And if they called me tomorrow and said they need to replace Kirk, I'd be on a plane. <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? Like... Like,
1: you know, when you're fifteen, it's easy to be Better have to have ideals law, and well it's and you know, it's 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 easy to ha- you know, and I i think that your perception of the world, you know, you you know, well, see, you're 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 still a little young, you're still a little naive. So, you know, you think to yourself, like, Slayer really does get off stage and they really do are sitting there, you know, like reading about serial well, killers non stop and everything else, and that's all they care. No, and then you realize I, that I Tom did, Maria's got a wife and kids and
0: I did ask in an interview a member of Blind Guardian, if they ever sit on a tour bus and play Dungeons and Dragons with Hammerfall, I did ask them that, <clears throat> and they they gave me a they gave me a one of those like, oh, we're not allowed to tell we're not allowed to answer that question. Like he 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 was great about it. he made it he made a great joke about it. Like like you know. I well, mean? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say it never happened. You know? <laughs> do, do,
1: do, do you know do you know why he he didn't want to talk about it, right? Because Hammerfall will prevail.
0: <laughs> well, dude, it's like, it's like all right, all right. Vinny actually told me, and he doesn't remember who this was, and it kills me because I tried asking him. He was at a show one time. It was years ago. And you know how, like, bands, they play music or whatever before they come out on stage. It's how they know when they're coming out, blah, 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 blah. He said the band starts, and they go to do it, but it wasn't music. It was an audio book of the Lord of the Rings. And he looks at he and he he thinks to himself like, oh my God, how much you want to bet they were supposed to play music, but that's what the band was listening to on the bus So they hit the wrong button on the iPod? (laughs) <laughs> and he met, and he met the band afterwards. They're like, "Yeah, man, sorry, dude, that's what we were listening to on the bus." I'm like, that's awesome. He doesn't remember who it was, and it kills me because I, I re- this is one of those stories where Vinny doesn't remember anything about his life. Luckily, he has us. Um, <laughs> or unluckily, <laughs> uh, uh, unfortunately for him, he, he probably wants to forget most of what we remember. <laughs> he, I, I just have a, I, I have just an obnoxious memory in general. I'm just, I, dude, I'm just good you, at remembering you, everything. You tell me stuff that happened
1: to me in my early 20s that I have absolutely no memory of. To be honest with you, you could probably start making
0: stuff up and I'd probably believe you. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Like... The 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 time Rex and Vinny slept together and it just no
1: got it. that's not that didn't <laughs> happen. what no it didn't well happen. whatever
0: actually it technically did actually it did because they <laughs> not, were not in that way not in that way no they were that was that was the time when you guys were where we were in a studio or we we're in Canada we we're doing something we were too poor were to
1: afford a, we were too poor to afford separate hotel rooms so we had to it, uh, it, it, it was the time when you when you put ice cubes no we all on, did.
0: Yeah, I know, I know, he, but he was
1: drunk and passed out, so we threw ice
0: on him and he woke no, no, up but- and thought he peed his pants. Yeah, you put you put ice cubes right on the crotchal region. So when he woke up he thought he, he thought he wet himself. It was great. And he was trying he to, to deny it. it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But you're like, dude, I just heard you say, "Oh my God!" Did I piss my? No, he got up in the middle of the night, and I heard him go into the bathroom, and he's like, "What the hell
1: is wrong with me?" And he's like all upset, and I'm like, I'm like, what? And I pre- and the whole time I'm like, you know, the lights are, you know, we were all sleeping, and I'm like biting my knuckle, being like, "What's the matter, dude?" And he's like nothing, and I'm like, and I, like, cause I heard him in the bathroom being like, "Oh my god, what's what the hell is wrong with me? Oh my god!" And I'm like, "Dude,
0: why is the bed wet?" And he's like, "I was sweating. <laughs> I was sweating." <laughs> yeah, but that was just paybacks. That was paybacks for the time that we were in Canada, and we were out, and he got really drunk and decided to go back to the hotel early. But we were only we were at a cheap hotel, so we were only given one room key, and he took the room key back with him and got in the room, and we couldn't get him to wake up to open the door, and we were stuck out in the hallway. <laughs> like, we kept calling the room, and we're pounding on the door, and we go downstairs, and the owner of the hotel's like, I'm sorry, I only give one key to the room. We're like, oh my god. Dude, it took us for, and We finally got the guy. We finally ended up getting the, the hotel manager to just give us a second key so we could get in our flipping room, but oh my god, it just... <laughs> Uh, we, were, we were horrible. That's, that's, a, that's a view behind the scenes. Well,
1: th- what's funny is, like, we, as a band, that I don't want to turn this into a sh- you know, about us, but I think a lot of metal bands, especially guys who have been in bands over the years, who have traveled or, you know, whatever, done studio time or, you know, have gone on tour or whatever, have a lot of the same stories that... Um, part of the fun of, like, being on the road or being on tour or, you know, whatever, is the pranks. Like, you pull pranks on one another, you... Well- you
0: know, you you mess with one another. The, the, my favorite was um, there there was a band that I, I um, I mean we tried really very like, hard to be Pantera. There there was a band that I used to see live all the time. I really liked their first album, and their second album actually has a song called Wastelands, which I, to this day I think is an amazing song. But there was a band called Blackguard that I used to see just constantly. When I was in North Carolina, like every show I'd go to, Blackguard was opening. Like they were just at every show, and I saw them headline a couple times. They just—they were a really good band. They weren't—they weren't really all that successful, but they were one of those bands that you had to give them credit. Like they would do a two-week tour with someone as soon as they was done. Like they just didn't go home. They just always toured, and their drummer, female drummer, I- incredible drummer. She started the band, but. She was the one that bad things would happen to her constantly. And I'll never forget, I saw them on tour with another, I could probably figure out which thrash metal band it was. They were younger. And it was me and that band and her standing around and they were talking about how she was Canadian. And they're like, no one told her not to drink the water in Mexico. And they were talking about how like like she had ass explosions for the next two days. You know what I mean? It was just great. Like, you, you gotta love that that, that bands are friends groups. I mean, Vinny wasn't in our band, but he was, you know, a friend of ours. And like, just the crazy stuff that, that happens, and it's just it's good times. Anyway, okay. Enough of my yakking about that. Let me throw in my pick of the week because I'm pretty excited about this one. So <laughs> wow, we're just getting there. <laughs> yeah. You hear that? We're getting there. <laughs> Look, son. You wouldn't know what to do with it even if you had gotten there. So um, actually, a couple of good records came out today. Um, I'm There are two records that came out today that I, I'm looking forward to listening to. I've heard one song off of and liked. Um, Bleed Out by the band Within Temptation. They're totally not my type of thing, but I saw them open for Iron Maiden, and they absolutely blew me away. Um, <clears throat> again, we've talked about this before. Opening for Iron Maiden is a tough gig. The crowd loved Within Temptation. I was so happy I saw them that I am much more into listening to them Because I've already got more of an appreciation for them. So there's a new Within Temptation record. I heard one song really like it Can't wait to listen to it. The band Angelus Apatrida, which is this band that we found out about With their album that came out in like 2018. It was early on when we first started doing this show I'm, I'm making that give or take 2018, but whatever It was early on when we started doing the first season of the show that we found out that band. And, and their last album was okay. Their first one, or at least the one that was out at that time, was incredible. The, the, the one track I heard on the record called Aftermath is really good. So I'm going to listen to both of these albums in completion. Um, possibly one of those is my pick of the week next week. Um, but my pick of the week actually this week is Sirith Ungle uh, put out a new record called Dark Parade. Man, this band, this band has been around for better than 50 years Three of the guys in the band have been there since the seventies. I mean, like these guys are just awesome i um they're uh, so they're a- Amer- they're an American band right they're from California they're uh, kind of sort of <clears throat> they're kind of sort of like. New Wabham styles. I mean they're they're American. I understand that. But they're 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 kind of sort of like a if if uh new wobbum met like kind of an early almost doom thing, I guess. I don't know how to better describe it. Um, But Michael Whelan does all of their album covers, and it's just, you know, he's awesome. Um, But their album covers are very much like the kind of art that you would see on a fantasy novel. You know, it's very... <clears throat> it's very like, like their last album came out in 2020, which is called Forgotten Black or Forever Black. The cover of that album, I don't know if they... Say who it is, but like the cover of that album is like very Drizzt Dawordan if you know who I'm talking about. Like it's it's that kind. It's like a it's like a drow on the cover of it. Um, it's very like Forgotten Realms that sort of thing. If you get what I'm talking about, that makes you cooler. Um, but this record is just awesome. It's um, it's called Dark Parade. Just came out today. I listened to it twice. Very impressed. I, you gotta you just you gotta like the band, I guess. I mean, I don't if you've never heard them, I would highly recommend checking this album out. If you know, you already don't like them again, it's gonna be another record that I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna take you from you don't like them to you like them now. But if you've never heard it, they've been around for a long time. They're they're a consistent they're a consistent band, they're really good. Um and this album, I and mean, they don't actually have a ton of records. I, I don't remember how many they have. It's it's not a lot. Um, considering how long they've been together, they don't have a ton of albums, but they're good. And this one's really good. I I would recommend it. Um, but I mean, it's just, it's just good, straightforward, heavy metal. I mean, it's not power metal vocally. I mean, I mean, now it's not really power metal that way either. I, I wouldn't, I would not use the term power metal musically. It's got more of like a, a modern version of like a, a new wobbum sound. I guess. I don't know how to better describe it, but they're really good. I, I, I like them a lot. I loved their album from 2020. I know it was on my top 10 albums that year. I don't know where it placed. Hell, it could have been my number one album. I really don't remember. Some, for some reason, I'm thinking it was like top three. But anyway, loved that album. Really like this one. It, it's, it's a record worth checking out. Again, it was a band that I forgot about. I was like, man, I when, 20, when that album came out in 2020, I was like, whatever happened to this band and then you know eddie trunk yelled at me said i was everything wrong with metal <laughs> like he's heard of them um but yeah anyway so check it out it's it, sirith ungle uh, clearly their name is a lord of the rings reference blah 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 you knew that but check it out so i did i really liked it so anyway that's my that's my story and i'm sticking to it so yeah i i think we'd actually um even though we kind of had a mini topic already I think we were gonna jump back into talking about 1983 again.
1: 1983,
0: you're always gonna be the best. It's so cool. Um, last time, let's talk about some records we talked about last time. Again, it was it was uh, it was 40 years ago, right? So we talked about some records that came out in 1983. We talked about ACDC's "Flick of the Switch," which we both thought was kind of eh. We said "balls of the wall" by Accept. Great record. Alice Cooper, "Dada." I think we said that anyone who wants to tell me that's their favorite Alice Cooper record is lying to both of us. Uh, we said uh, Billy Idol's and "Rebel Yell." <laughs> I, I meant, uh, yeah, I kind of. It's more of what I meant, but um, Billy Idol's "Rebel Yell" again, not metal, but dude, come on, everybody likes Billy Idol. We're the rebel, Def yeah. Leppard "Pyromania." Def Leppard "Pyromania," one of just legitimately the greatest albums of all time. I don't mean metal albums all time. I just mean it's one of the greatest metal... Al- no, it's one of the best albums of all time. You know, talking. uh Def Leppard had a string of records in the 80s that were just, you know, some of the best albums ever recorded. Uh, we both said that um, our vote for best albums of the year were Dio's Holy Diver, Merciful Fates' Melissa. Um, again, kind of hard to argue against. We talked about Iron Maiden's Peace of Mind and how... The only thing stopping it from being one of the greatest albums of all time is the absolute stinkers they put on that record. Um they don't go from great songs to weak ones. They go from great songs to straight up turd. And I know you like one of the turd tracks, but they, the the turd on that record is so turd that it's you know, it's bad. It it's like it's like you just left Taco Bell turd, you know? Like you, you, you they they blew up the bathroom. With that, with some tracks on that record, um, because I don't know how better to describe it. But those are the only ones we talked about. That year had some great albums. It had some other turds, um, but some cool other bands put out some great records. So I'm gonna let you uh, uh, jump all over one, pick whatever you want to talk about, and we will uh, we'll see where we get there. We'll, 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 we'll get there. Go for it. Anything you want, it's up to you. I'll take uh, I'm gonna go with Grim Reaper, See You and Hill because I. You know what's funny? I figured that was the one you were gonna you're gonna go with. That's it's why, actually that's my, why a little out of the. Remaining, why I wrote you a little message in the name of that one because I figured that would be your first one.
1: Out of the remaining albums, it's probably my favorite with the, with maybe one other one being a close second. Um, I really enjoy this album, uh, Grim. I mean, Grim Reaper is awesome anyways but uh this is their first album and i remember it's funny because i i i first i I actually only discovered this album about four or five years ago and i know it's been around forever as grim reaper has been around forever and obviously you know we're talking about 1983 um but you're always gonna be the best it's the (laughs) wrong year but it it works for me i don't care but you know it works for any year in the 80s but you know so I, I happened across this album in a record store and it was actually not that expensive. I'm like, this looks cool. I've heard of grim reaper. I'm going to check this out. And, and it's, it actually was, I, I put it on and it was one of those albums where I listened to it over and over again. And I ended up picking up their other two albums after this. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a great album. Um, I love the fact that uh, they were going to release a fourth album ...that was going to be called... ...I think it was going to be called something like... ...Absolutely Nothing To Do With Hell or something... ...because um, obviously uh, their first album is called uh, See You In Hell... ...the next album was called Fear No Evil... ...but then the third album was called Rock You To Hell... ...so they they were joking around that our third album is going to be called... ...Nothing To Do With Hell... Um, ...but anyways, you know, Dead On Arrival, See You In Hell um the show must go on like all all hell let loose like they're, they're such good tracks the, the i mean the cover alone is one of the most 80s i don't know what i'd classify grim reaper as i don't know if i'd call them power metal they're not they're i mean i really and truthfully maybe i they're guess they're metal. power metal but i don't like yeah i, I guess they're they're just classic metal because they're certainly not thrash um no, they're just but either possible. way they're, they're 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 metal you know they're they're like if you think of an 80s run of them and i don't mean run of the mill like you know they're bland but i mean if you just think of a 80s metal but not like glam this is probably what you're going to think of you know or, or you know because metallica is generally oh that's thrash you know glam this is just one of those bands that would sit well with like dio and ozzy and all that other stuff that you would just say well it's just metal um but yeah, I mean, like you look at the cover, and it's like you you know pretty much what this album is going to sound like looking at the cover. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I really really like this album. Um, it's definitely one of my favorites of '83 that we haven't covered yet.
0: Yeah, it, no, it's it's a great album. I uh, I love it. Um, I'm gonna so I, there's a couple on here that I that I think you might go with. So I'm gonna pick some that um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start uh, picking some of the ones that. I'd be less surprised that you'd wanna pick you'd wanna pick. Um I'm I'm gonna go with a record from nineteen eighty three that I've had this on vinyl since high school. And I think it is a an obnoxiously underappreciated, dare I say, overlooked and often forgotten album by a lot of people. And that um Is again man back in those days CDs were the thing you could get vinyl for nothing so I got this record for next to nothing I don't even know I I don't know if it's worth two cents now I don't know what it's I don't don't care because I don't sell my records but one of my favorite albums from 1983 is black Sabbath's album called born again I love this album I really do now I have gone on record a million times to say that I appreciate Black Sabbath with Ozzy. I'm an Ozzy fan. I would much rather listen to Ozzy solo than I would Ozzy with Sabbath. But I appreciate Black Sabbath. I appreciate what they did. I appreciate the fact that they were the, you know, Whatever status you want to give them as at least one of the, the, the creators of heavy metal as we know it. I appreciate it. I like it. The only reason I don't really listen to Ozzy Sabbath anymore is I just kind of, you know, if there was ever a band I, I think I've heard it enough. They're one of them. No, no, no reason other than I just listen to it a lot. But I am one of the people who can legitimately say... I celebrate the entire career of Black Sabbath. That being said, they're not. I'm not going to try to tell you I like every Sabbath record because I don't. I don't. I don't like them all. Thirteen is garbage. Sorry, folks. But I like the song "God Is Dead." No, it sucks. It's nine minutes of crap. The re- and that's that was the best song in the record. Like it's not good. It's not good. It's just I'm sorry. It's not good. Brad Wilk from uh, from Rage Against the Machine. Hate the band. Dude, he's a great drummer. He did a great job on that record. The album's turd. Sorry. I am also in the camp of Technical Ecstasy and Never Say Die, the last two Ozzy records. They never really warmed up to me. I know there are people out there that really love those albums. And in fairness, they're not like people who like Dada by Alice Cooper because they want to sound cool. I know why people like those two albums. And I know the appeal to them. They just really never did it for me, and that's fine. And there was a couple other records through their, through their career that aren't all that great. However, Born Again to me is just such an amazing record. And anybody who wants to make the argument that after Ozzy left, it stopped being Black Sabbath, make the argument all you want. I'm not going to argue against you. But I will argue against you all day if you try to tell me that they don't have absolutely amazing albums after Ozzy left. Yes, if you want to tell me it's a different band, fine. If you want to tell me it wasn't the same thing, fine. You're not not wrong. It wasn't the same thing. Agreed. If you want to say, well, when I want to listen to Sabbath, I want to hear, you know, fine. You can make every single one of those arguments you want to make to me all day, every day. I get it. And maybe you have to separate... The albums after Ozzy with the Ozzy ones. Maybe you have to just think of it as a different band. I don't know. Maybe the reason people don't like these records is because the name Black Sabbath is on them and Black Sabbath means something else to them. That's fine. I understand all of it. But, dude, listen to the song Disturbing the Priest off of Born Again and try to tell me that song doesn't shake your nuts. That song is awesome. Zero the Hero is awesome. Dude, Cannibal Corpse covered it. Zero the Hero is awesome. But Disturbing the Priest, dude, such a good album. And Ian Gillen is on this record. He was um, the singer for uh, for Deep Purple for a, a good period of time. Um, Interesting thing about this record, right? If you want to look at metal history, right? Okay. So, Ian Gillen had left Deep Purple. He had been out of Deep Purple for a while, right? Because um, uh, David Coverdale, who uh, eventually became the guy that you would know of from Whitesnake, was in Deep Purple for a while. And, dude, I've gone on record saying albums like Burn, amazing. And you, I mean, I know you like those records, too. They're, mm-hmm. they're good albums. Um, but what happened was, why am I talking about Deep Purple? Because Ian Gillen sings with Black Sabbath... On the album Born Again. Now, he wasn't in the band very long. I don't remember. I, I want to say, like, they did a short tour and that was it. Like, he was not in the band very long. But that album came out in 1983. The next year, 1984, is when Deep Purple put out the record that contains my favorite song by Deep Purple. And that's Perfect Strangers. The album Perfect Strangers, to me, is amazing. And the song Perfect Strangers... Is my favorite Deep Purple song. I, I mean, That's I, a I love a pretty funny Burn. sitcom. It is, yeah. Um, great, <laughs> great, great, great sitcom. Unfortunately, Perfect Strangers had a spinoff, which ended up being Family Matters. <laughs> I liked um, Carl
1: Winslow. Urkel was.
0: No, 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 dude. Family Matters would have been awesome had it been what it was originally intended. That show was not intended to be. Harriet was the main character of that show. She was supposed to be. She was on Perfect Strangers, she worked in the mail room, right? Um, she was the spinoff. It was supposed to be about her and Carl, whose middle name was Otis, by the way. Carl Otis Winslow. Winslow, his initials were cow. It would have been a great show, but, you know, screw you, Jaleel White. Um, uh, by the way, fun little fact about that show. I was doing trivia a couple of weeks ago, and the final question, which my team bet all of our points, it's like a double jeopardy. We bet all of our points, and the question was, what '90s sitcom character holds the record for the for the largest number of catchphrases? And it was like seventeen or something. I was like, oh, it's Steve Urkel. Got that right. Anyway, um, point I'm getting at is the next year he goes back to Deep Purple and does Perfect Strangers. Uh, if you if you've ever heard the song Deep, uh, Perfect Strangers, it's amazing. If you are a Dream Theater fan from the good old days of Dream Theater, back when I liked Dream. Well, look, I still like '90s Dream Theater. I just don't like Dream Theater after that. But if you remember one of my favorite albums, it's called A Change of Seasons by um by Dream Theater. It's it's a it's it's a they do one song. It's a 23 minute song. And then the rest are like covers and things like that. But one of the songs they cover is Perfect Strangers by Deep Purple, and Dream Theater's version on that is amazing. And uh, so anyway, point being, so this was almost like Ian Gillen's warm-up to Perfect Strangers. I think Ian's vocal, I think he kicks ass on this album. He's so good. Oh, and Bill Ward comes back. Because when Ronnie James Dio did Mob Rules and then there was the incident with uh, Live Evil and Dio leaves the band to go start Dio, right, he brings... Vinnie Peace with him. So Bill Ward was on um Heaven and Hell, but he wasn't on Mob Rules. And then on Mob Rules Vinnie Peace played drums on that record. So when Dio leaves, Dio and Vinnie leave to start Dio, you know, and put out the Holy Diver record, they bring they bring Bill Ward back and Geezer and Tony and they and they get um uh they get uh, uh, uh Ian Gillen on this record. Again, you if you're one of those Sabbath people... Hey, look, man. There's people that won't listen to ACDC after Bon Scott. There's people that won't listen to Iron Maiden after Paul Diano left. More power to you, man. I get it. I, I totally understand. But if you're not one of those people who gets their panties in a bunch with Sabbath without Ozzy, listen to this record. If nothing else, listen to the song Disturbing the Priest. Interestingly, dude, i got to tell you, though, man. I've been to a lot of concerts in my lifetime. And... Not the the songs that they play for the band to come on stage, but when they just, like, play music in between bands. I can't tell you how many metal shows I've been at that I heard the song Disturbing the Priest. It's played. That song is out there. I just think for some reason people don't realize it's a Sabbath song because it it sounds more like a really heavy, deep purple song. I mean, I get that if you want to say that. But, dude, it, it, it kicks ass. So, yeah. Oh, and the cover is awesome. The cover is just awesome. It's like this devil baby. It's just, uh, it's cool. It's so cool. I'm so glad I have this on vinyl. Um, and, uh, it's, it's one of the coolest, it's one of the coolest non Aussie Sabbath albums. I mean, seventh star, I have it on vinyl. It's, I mean, it's bought it for like $2. It's, it's, I like having it, but it's kind of terrible. Eternal idol is okay. Headless cross kicks ass and tear. Holy crap. Does tear kick ass. So like, I, I, will, I will give you, like, Seven Star and Eternal Idol, and, eh, um, but, you know, with Tony Martin. But then, dude, Headless Cross, Tear, amazing. Dehumanizer is awesome. Cross Purposes is awesome. Um, so they, they, they had their moments that weren't so great. I'm telling you, though, I couldn't endorse this album more. At least the songs Disturbing the Priest and Zero the Hero are so worth it, at least just for those two songs. Play Disturbing the Priest if you don't know what song I'm talking about. A, there's chances you've heard it. And B, there's a better chance you're just going to think it's awesome. So anyway, that's my story of the album Born Again by Black Sabbath. So, you know, it's funny.
1: You're talking about Black Sabbath. I thought this was worth mentioning. Yeah. Did you did you see the article where Rob Halford talked about who he thinks the first heavy metal band d- is? I didn't. He actually says it's Judas Priest. Really? Cool. And I'll tell
0: you, and actually there's a, well, okay, continue. And I wouldn't, I almost wouldn't disagree, but go on.
1: So it was during an interview.
0: Because Sabbath looked like hippies.
1: Well, it was during an interview and that's pretty much what he said was a lot of people credit, you know, there's lots of things to credit. People talk about Blue Cheer. They talk about Steppenwolf, you know, that's the first, you know, heavy metal thunder from Born to be Wild Of course, Black Sabbath is usually credited as the first heavy metal band. But, you know, Halford says Tony Iommi refuses to call themselves heavy metal. He says they're a hard rock band, Um, even even in spite of Halford telling me he's metal. So what basically the the reason why is because and this is from what I've read about what other people have said about what he said and everything else like that is. Not only was Priest the, one of the first bands out there to truly define that style, the style that went into the '80s and heavily influenced the '80s, because they they were not a new wave of British heavy metal band. They preceded all of that. Um, everybody always groups Priest in with bands like Maiden and the End and Praying Mantis and all the, they, they, were around, they were around long they had before half a that. Decade over that, yeah. Oh yeah, they were around long before that, and uh, but they were the first to really embrace the heavy metal culture. So, you
0: know, Sabbath I mean, to look. The look, everything about them, man. Yeah, they defined hey, dude, a big part of the look. I mean, how many times have I said it? We talked about this on the show before. I said, as much as Sabbath might have been musically the first band to make something like super heavy and evil like that, like, dude, Kiss did more for metal in every other way just because of the performance and the, you know, but Priest, oh my God, of course. They, they might not have been the first band to play heavy metal music. I think they, but they if you want to say they were the first band to truly be heavy metal, look, rock and roll is a good album. I agree. But Dude, Sad Wings of Destiny was nineteen seventy-six. You're really Victim a of Changes, a a Ripper, Dreamer
1: Deceiver, Tyrant You're in for a shock.
0: Ah, ah. Like Dude, you listen to dude, listen to the song The Ripper and Victim of Changes and Dreamer Deceiver. And tell me you think that's 1976. You're lying. You're yeah, lying. They were, it's, it's, you know, it's,
1: they were getting up there with the leather and the studs. And I'm well aware of where that came from. Uh, meaning, you know, Halford himself has said in an interview. So this is not me stereotyping no. Rob Halford. He said he himself. Yeah, he said himself that him wearing that stuff on stage was, first of all, he thought it was a subtle signal to everybody saying I'm gay. He thought, and he and he was like shocked when it started being adopted by everyone, and he said it gave him an excuse to go into like leather shops and sex shops because he'd just say, "Oh, I'm just looking for stage clothes," but he could actually hang out there and still not be outed. And I mean, those are his words; those are what he has said in interviews. Hey, Again, I mean, I'm I'm not like making this up
0: and and saying, "Well, here's no, what I no, think." I no, this is all stuff he has said. <laughs> What's funny is I have his book, and I haven't finished it because I, read a, I was at a point in the book where there were a few chapters that all it was about was how much that guy liked to jerk off. He talks about it a lot. He doesn't talk about the fact that he used to jerk off a lot. He literally talks about the joy of jerking off.
1: I'm, like, surprised, I'm surprised you're not sitting there like with tears in your eyes being like, finally, somebody gets me.
0: <laughs> yeah, but his were also like his love for jerking off with other dudes, you know, which is kind of not my thing. Um, well, well, you, you remember how he – I, you know, I know we've
1: told the story before, but you remember how he started the oh, interview with you.
0: Oh, I know, yeah, dude. He told me, he told me he called me late because he he called the wrong number and it was a porno line, and he decided to buy porn. But it was um, the way he which, put it,
1: like the way you always say. So he's like, he's like, I called the wrong number and it happened to be a porno line. So I ordered some porn, and then I called you back. And I remember your reaction. Like, you were like,
0: hey, hey, all right. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> dude, we're not I, ordering I, from I wanna, the same like, catalog. <laughs> I, I, it kills me that I didn't ask him when I met him. But like, if I ever met him again, I just want to be like, dude, how many times did you tell that to people? I guarantee that was his like canned line, but I don't care. It's awesome. You oh know. it's all i mean he, he like that's the thing rob's an
1: he's he's he we met him he's he was like the guy. nicest guy in the world he's an i mean he's got a great sense of humor like his social media dude, feed we're, is we're awesome talking about a
0: guy who we're talking about a guy who owns about a hundred t-shirts just about cats <laughs> dude i mean dude
1: i no, honestly like and that's the thing like rob halford he's like i remember when we met him he's like oh hello i'm rob um, I would you like to get a photo? Where should I stand? Is he over here? Okay, you know, like he he was such like a gentleman, you know, like he's he's like the nicest dude in the world. Anyways, like Rob Halford, he's the metal god. I don't that that's what's funny is Rob Halford is the metal god. No one will dispute that. No one will dispute that. He is the no. metal god.
0: Um, no, and that's I mean, there, there are there are people in the... there are people and I, and I'll, I'll mention this again, but like there are people in metal that. Are just kind of uh, their their legacy is undisputed. I mean, can we be fair? Dio's legacy is undisputed. Absolutely. Dio, it, it is un it is not questioned by anybody. No. Like when when people say that Dio was the greatest voice, it's like, dude, no one disagrees. You know, nobody does. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, if you watch, and this is a testament to both of these. If you watch any, and I don't care who it is, I really don't care. If you watch any of the videos of vocal coaches that want to, like, do vocal coach reaction videos, there were three, there's three of these that the women are, like, really, really successful at this and have, like, millions and millions of views. You have the red-headed, you have the red-headed girl, you have the blonde who, from the, um, I can't remember the name of her show... Uh, you have the blonde opera singer, and then you have the really weird British one who, who like, um, how do I say, reached climax watching Devon Townsend, and that one's really funny. She's horrible, yeah, but and I can't watch anything else of hers because she's the worst. But um, she does that. The, the blonde has a show called The Charismatic Voice, and then there's the then there's the redhead who's pretty awesome. But anyway, there's those three, but then there's everybody else. Everybody, everybody else that's a vocal coach that does a reaction video, everybody who, like like the, the Lost in Vegas guys who I have the utmost respect for, who were the hip-hop guys that, by this point, they probably know more about metal than most people because they had a, ch- a channel all about it, but those guys who came in not into metal and they were looking at reactions, they're the same way. It doesn't matter, seriously, it kind of doesn't matter who it is. Everyone... Everyone puts Dio at the top. They just, everybody does. Like, what I mean by that is people who don't know. You know, it's not like Dio's at the top because he's Dio. These are people going, I heard this guy's really good. And they go, where does that voice come from? Halford's that way too. No one will ever question his status. And
1: we all can't be
0: Bruce Dickinson. You know, um, I mean, look, Bruce Dickinson, like him or hate him, a lot of people don't like him. But no one will ever question his his role in I mean, being one of the one of the greatest of all time. It, it, but it's even, funny. Di- even Dickinson, even Bruce Dickinson, is not Rob Halford or Dio. Yeah, no, they're as all as good as he different. might be. As good as he might be, Rob Halford is the metal god. He just is. He is. It's unquestioned. No one will deny it. And Ronnie James Dio is. You know, anyone I don't even know what 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 his status is, but like he's you know, Dio. the greatest That's all he needs to be. He's Dio. He's Dio. He's that's the, all he he's needs the to voice. be. You know? Like, like Dio doesn't need Steve a secondary title.
1: Dio does not need a secondary title. He's just Dio. It's the same I way mean, how- Ozzy is just Ozzy. I mean, yeah, he's always with the Prince of Darkness
0: bull, but no, he's just Ozzy. Yeah, Dio. And what's funny about I just love that Dio it he he uses that name because of some mafia guy. <laughs> but it was, no, I mean, it was a mafia I, guy but i mean seriously like priest you know i
1: i if you and also if you look at priest they're one of the and yes i'm aware that they had that run in the 90s where halford was gone and ripper was in there and truthfully if you look at the band now halford and and ian hill are the only two guys left who are truly original members although scott scott travis been 30 years yeah, he's been there for thirty years. So whether he's an original member or not, I'd say at this point he's gone beyond hired gun. I mean, at least as far as the fans are concerned,
0: he's been in Judas Priest longer than he than Priest didn't than Priest had other drummers. Right, and you know, I you know Richie Faulkner at this point,
1: you know, he's been there Richie's long been enough. Richie's been There for a while. He's, he's yeah, he's been there long thing. enough. And I get that you know, ever since Glenn got you know really came, you know ever since Glenn's illness started to get the better of him. You know, they've they've had uh uh um uh oh my god, I'm having a brain fart. Producer.
0: Oh, uh um 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 uh, uh, I can uh, see the guy. Yeah, um Andy
1: Sneep. Andy Sneep. I was like, Andy, what's his name? Um Andy Sneep's, you know, Sneap. he's been there
0: filling in the rain, you know, filling in the for uh. one, their, their one thing, live, about, one thing about Priest is though, when it comes to drummers I mean, dude, like Look at the album Sin After Sin. Simon Phillips plays on that record. Like, could you describe a he wouldn't be in Judas Priest drummer ever? <sighs> like, Simon Phillips, if you don't know, like, he did records with Derek Serenian, Gary Moore, Jeff Beck, like, Joe Satriani. He played on Flying in a Blue Dream. Like, he's, he's this guy that is just this, you know, he recorded stuff with Toto, like... He's one of those drummers. He's just one of those, you know, world class, amazing, played for everybody drummer, you know? And he's on he's on Sin After Sin. Right? And um uh is it dissident aggressor that has that really cool drum part? Hold on, I gotta listen to something real quick.
1: I but think like, it's Diss- But like I don't know, seriously, like You know, Priest. I think, and they, you know, they've they've been going. Now, of course, the lineup has changed. Ian Hill is like pretty much the only guy that can say he's
0: been there since day one. But at the same time, like, but again, they've got like what? By the way, my point with drummers was they went through drummers. They had one drummer that was in the band for a while, and then they've had Scott pretty much since. So and and like Scott again. You know, and again, gun anymore. They they you know well, they've been around for what fifty plus years yeah fifty years yeah, yeah. so I mean like Dave you know, and I was trying to figure out Dave Holland is the drummer that was with them like I guess in their original heyday but he didn't join until seventy eight and I'm trying to think at how I'm, I'm looking at how long he was in the band but again you know oh, it's he wasn't like even there right away Jesus. but
1: again it's like you know I, I, I mean I get it we we Scott's like you know been around for a long time now
0: like I get it there they oh yeah they, he was he was only with he, the band from Judas Priest from British in the eighties uh, British Steel and Ram Downs I mean like. The only drummer they had for any other length of time was in the band for the 80s and it to been their sense so yeah totally yeah anywayie no, no, he he's
1: kind of earned his he's his right to be there and you know everything else
0: but I mean andy you know, Sneak at the same was time the, their I, producer I, so he made sense as an you could I mean hey look look let's be fair corpse did the same thing when you need to hire someone quickly you if you've got a producer that's already kind of there I mean I get it you know like but I, what the, my point is that like
1: they've been kind of Carrying the torch, like Sabbath has come and gone. Like, Sabbath has you know, Sa- Sabbath also never Sabbath, carried the torch. Sabbath started, a, Sabbath started a little bit before them, but Sabbath but it's never
0: really, they were never like a metal band. No, I know, but, but they were, they were associated band.
1: with it though. They were associated with it, and then right, that's but the I mean, thing. Like, like you know, it it Sabbath's it is credited as one of the first doom metal bands, like that's what they're really credited as, and to this day. To this day, people are releasing albums that sound like Black Sabbath, and I don't mean like, oh, I can totally hear their influence by Black Sabbath. I mean, literally, if you were to play it for me and tell me it's the new Sabbath album and Tony Iommi came back and I'd be like, oh, I believe
0: that. Well, and and, and by the way, when I'm saying they weren't really a metal band, I'm not talking about their sound. Their sound, fine. Other than that, there was nothing about them that was embracing anything else. Like, Tony you know, they really, Tony really. No other didn't rock, start. no other metal band ever sh- looked like you know and they didn't it was just man. It was just not. I mean, even yeah. Ozzy. I mean, frankly, I, Ozzy like he
1: he was ridiculous in the eighties. He was like wearing like rainbow robes and and he looked
0: ridiculous in the eighties. I mean, it's I I don't know like, but at least at least in the eighties, yeah, he looked ridiculous. But at least in the eighties, when it was more like, it was the glam era. It's like okay, yeah. but um. I don't know, but either way, like Priest, I think Priest did a lot
1: to define the look of heavy metal, at least up through the '80s into the look, '90s. The attitude, the feel, everything yeah, the else. attitude. the The two guitars, you know, and people always stopped, talk, man. People always talk about the, you know, KK Downing and Glenn Tipton. Yes, there were other bands that had two guitars, lots of other bands, but really and truthfully, they credit those guys a lot with well, the what what what
0: came to be termed the two guitar attack. Yeah, but the thing the thing that Judas Priest really did about this. Was they were the band that used the twin guitar attack to do something that other bands didn't do? They were the band that decided they should have two guitar players play the exact same yeah, the thing. same thing. The thick. Now, don't it. get me wrong; they harmonize. They do. Where Iron Maiden was all about having two guitar players harmonize each other. Yes, they had two guitar players that would play the same thing and plenty of times in songs. But their job was to harmonize whenever possible. But Maiden, Judas Priest, mean, Priest was doing that Judas before Priester. Maiden. Right, no, no, but what I'm saying is, though, like, Iron Maiden used their two... They were the ones that really, 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 really took... Harmonize your... Have your two guitar players harmonize each other all the time. They took that to another level. Judas Priest, despite the fact that those guys would play together often, their big thing was harmonies. With Judas Priest, their big thing was... Have two guys play the same thing, and it will go from heavy to really, really heavy. And and they well, t- they, they succeeded. That's what and I'm talking between, about, where they, they talk you. about the
1: two-guitar attack. You know, like, that's that's yeah. what I'm saying. You know, Glenn Tipton and K.K. And Downing. Downing. They did the two guitar attack. Like they, they were the guys that got up there, and they were the they were the ones who really. I don't. I don't want to say they started it because that's a misnomer. I think they were the ones that owned it and became famous for it. What was, was that duo? One. I mean, if you look at guitar duos, you know, if you look at famous guitar duos, they're they're up there near the top. Like you know, there are better duos Clearly. probably. Like there are more you know talented, but you know, you got uh, you know. Tipton well, and, I mean, and you nothing, know you got you got Cl- you got Tipton and Downing. You got nothing will
0: ever no, nothing will ever take Dave Murray and Adrian Smith and dude right. Yannick too, but again, we're talking classic. Yeah, I mean if, if you want to and you
1: know you got you got Hetfield and, and Hammett. I mean, like those guys, I you know, same thing. I mean, technically you got Hetfield and Mustaine, but I mean, really and truthfully, right. they, they I mean, never like, really like, released an official album together. But when you but but then, a I mean band, that's the thing. Like you know, if you look you think at think guitar bands, duos with any sort of longevity like you know, Mustaine, you could be like, oh, Mustaine and whatever guitar player he hired that week. You know, what I mean, like even though he had lineups that were semi-stable even for a while, well? he like you don't you don't consider like you think of Megadeth as
0: Mustaine and whoever he has playing you with know what them. Though? What other guitar players in Megadeth? Their job was to play solos. Well, but that's what I mean. Like
1: more that's what I'm than talking anything about. else,
0: their job was to but play solo.
1: That's what I'm talking about, though. Meg, you look at you know Megadeth. It's David saying Anthrax. It's Scott Ian. There- there's no doubt. Well, yes. I- now, I will say
0: Slayer. On the other hand, Kerry King and Jeff Hanneman. Hey, that's another two of guitar the four, duo. Of the Big Four. But they were the only major guitar duo band of the Big Four. But, but actually, can I say this though? I, when I think of Slayer from a guitar duo standpoint. Okay, let, let, so let me, let me, I'll let you jump back in in a second. Judas Priest was the band who said, let's make, a, let's make a guitar duo, play the same thing as often as possible to make it heavy as hell. Iron Maiden said, we're going to take two guitar players and show you how awesome you can make it by having them harmonize all the time. When I think of Slayer from a two guitar aspect, what I think that Slayer did better than anyone before them you could tell me I'm full of crap. Again, I think Judas Priest did better than anyone before them. Two guitar players doing the same thing make it heavy. Iron Maiden better than anybody before them. Two guitar players to harmonize. Slayer better than anyone before them. Did the switch the 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 back and forth guitar solo sections. I mean, when Priest I think used Slayer with too. two guitar players. right? But I, Slayer was great at that. Like, I think what Slayer's big mark on the guitar playing world as a duo. It's just those super fast back and forth, like chaotic solos. They were great at that. that. That's to me. I mean, call me full of crap, but I think that's what they. That's their stamp as a guitar duo. So, as Again, far as it's, Slayer's it's concerned, about, it's not about who invented it. I'm saying that, to me, that's their stamp.
1: As far as Slayer's concerned, I will say, like, there's. there's The thing that really, in terms of the guitar duo ship for them, is, is I will say they. And, well, what I was going to say a few minutes ago was if you look at their, one of their biggest influences, it's actually Judas Priest, like the way that Carrie King and Jeff Hanneman met one another was because Carrie King was sitting there, I guess, I think they were at an audition for a band and Carrie King was sitting there playing Judas Priest songs like after he auditioned and Hanneman heard him and they started talking and that's how they formed. Like they basically said like, well, if we don't make this band, let's just form our own. And then that's how Slayer was formed. Or one of the ways Slayer was fine. I, you know, I, I think you know, I read that story. It was years ago, but so I mean, Judas and they, I guess when they started, they used to play Judas Priest covers, and that's yeah. that's how they started off. So you know that that, attack, like that, that that whole two guitar attack, that, that whole two guitar attack thing. You know, that's, that was a big influence on Slayer. Now, what I will say to you is... It was. And actually, Merciful Fate was really what, damn good at it, too. But yeah. Yeah, who yeah, were a big
0: it, influence but, on those two guys, too. That's why I mentioned it.
1: But, but what I will say to you, though, is... It, what I'll say to you about Slayer, though, is... Yeah, the switching back and forth solos that they are good at. The other thing I will say they were good at was they did do a lot of stuff that... Two, the two guitar players were doing stuff at different times. But it was... It was not harmonies. Meaning, you'd have one of the two of them laying down like a heavy track and the other one doing something over it. Like, I think of like, uh, uh, raining blood with a dun, 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 you know, that part where you, where you, you know have Kerry King doing the dun, 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 dun where, you know, Jeff's just holding down the dun, 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 dun.
0: They did that in a lot of different kinds of songs. Well, okay. So by the way, we're, we're talking about Slayer. So why don't we just throw the fact that the first Slayer album, Mercy" came out this year. Um, I'm just saying we might as well talk about that since we're talking about Slayer. Yeah, yeah I, I mean Shono something-
1: Mercy was a funny album and, and not a not a funny haha album. I actually uh, think it's a really good
0: album, but yeah. Um It
1: is a funny what- album and and it is a good album, but I will say this about Shono Mercy is that um it it wasn't Slayer as they became to be known. Like you can definitely hear the the early influence on Slayer on this. Sure. Like they that you could hear it's- like the Merciful Fate influence. You could hear it was it not because it was, you know, though,
0: they were still a few only, steps away from Rain and Blood. You know what I mean? Only only one member of the Big Four put out their first album and really just continued. Megadeth's first album is not as good as anything as they did after that. But the first Megadeth, dude, the first Megadeth album compared to Megadeth 10 years later, unquestioningly the same band. Well, the first Megadeth album wasn't an album. It was a statement. No, but my point is... Legitimately, for, Meta- for Megadeth's entire career, they never changed that much. I mean, okay, they faltered a few times. But what I mean is, Anthrax's first album doesn't sound like them later. Meta- uh, Kill Em All doesn't sound like anything they ever did after Kill Em All. At all. So I, I mean, even Ride the Lightning, is nothing like it. Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets, you could say that's the same thing. Not Kill Em All. Slayer is the same way. Megadeth is the only one of the big four that really, really, that their first album defined them. Way, b- you know no. what I mean, more than the others. But what, what, I don't know about that because I mean, they,
1: dude, you talk about Rust and Peace—that's miles away from P- uh, Killing I, Is My I I Business. I don't know.
0: I just think, I just think I that's like think that. Did. I mean,
1: that's almost two different bands. That—that's the biggest. I just, I think I, don't Rust know, and, man. I think the difference between Killing Is My Business and Rust and Peace is the biggest shift until
0: the '90s with any of these bands. Well, okay, I'll put it this way: every album Megadeth put out in the '80s sounded like. A slightly better version of that album. Yeah, that that I'll agree every, with. Like if every you, well, let's put it this way: every one of those bands changed in the nineties. I mean, they I mean, all you changed at, in the nineties. I mean, Le- but, I would but, say Slayer changed the least in the nineties. Yeah, well, they downtuned. Metallica and Anthrax changed a lot in the nineties. Megadeth. But my point is, my Megadeth point is, evolved more than they changed. I, yes, I, I guess I would throw that. And even still, though, my point is. They evolved from the first record more so than they changed. I agree with you. Let me throw this out too, though. There's something else about Slay. Now, okay, if you listen to, if you're an Iron Maiden fan, if you are an educated Iron Maiden fan, what I mean by that is if you know this, telling the you can hear the difference between Adrian Smith and Dave Murray's solos. They are actually drastically different guitar players. Adrian Smith, he maps out every – I don't know if you know that. I think you might know this, but Adrian Smith writes his solos. They are written and rehearsed in advance before he records them. He maps out his solos. Murray walks in the studio and goes, okay, done. He puts no thought into his solos. They're amazing. But what I mean is, like, if you know the difference between how they play – it's glaringly obvious which one of the guitar players played the solo. I mean, it's glaringly obvious. But if you really don't know, you 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 wouldn't notice. Slayer is the band out of these that had. And and f- in fairness, uh, you could. I mean, Hanneman wrote the music fine. But can we also no, agree that like it. Judas, like Judas Priest, Kerry King and Jeff Hanneman, neither one of them really. They share the duties kind of equally. Well, yeah, one song to an next, But what I mean is, like Judas Priest, both neither one of the guitar players really had a bigger duty than the other one. They, 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 they both played solos. They both, you would do this this time, you do that. Um, and Iron Maiden does that very well too. Like Dave Murray and, 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 um, and, uh, and Adrian, the person who soloed was the one who made more sense to do it at the time. They both did it. However, here's my point with Slayer. I don't think you have to be an educated Slayer fan to tell the difference between when Jeff and Carrie are playing. And this is not my attempt to make fun of Carrie King and his stupid tattoos and bad guitar playing. This is me saying they're actually really, really... Like, their approach to soloing is not the same thing. Yeah, Carrie
1: King just holds his whammy bar and just goes... He just goes off. But, and I mean, he goes and, off on it like Phil Campbell goes off on a cigarette.
0: What I, what I, what I mean by that is, though... They are, like I said, with Iron Maiden, yeah, Dave and Adrian are very different the way they solo, but that's only really if you, what I mean is you have to know it. You know, you have to actually, you, you won't even notice it in tone. You'll notice it, like, in the structure, but, dude, you really have to, like, listen for that sort of thing. With Slayer, like, it's, it's not even, it, you, you, you kind of, now, you could say that about Megadeth, like, well, when, when Marty was soloing, yeah, but Marty's only job was to solo. Marty didn't play on the damn records. He just soloed on the records. Dave did everything else. Slayer is a band who guitar players, they shared the duty equally, but they're also very different. Again, you could say that Glenn Tipton and, K- and, and KK were different, but you know what? Not that much. Well, well they, they were two and- guitar players. That they, they, they just It's like they, they, they were both out to do the same thing, whereas, whereas Carrie and Jeff were very different, and that was what – it's what made Slayer, I, look, I've always said I'm not a huge Slayer fan. I like, there was a handful of Slayer that I really do like. Like, I love the first album. I, lo- I, I, I love Hell Awaits. Um, I love Haunting the Chapel. I, I do, I do. And I, I'm not trying to be cool. It Again, like you said, their first album, it sounds more like a band who listened to Judas Priest. Well, hello, it sounds more like a band that I would like. In fairness, it's not as chaotic. That's one of the things that that that, that Shona Mercy does not sound so chaotic. In other words, I should say this. The record sounds like guys who listen to Judas Priest. It doesn't sound like guys who listen to punk. And I don't mean that in a negative way. What I mean is the energy, the aggression, and the chaotic nature of punk really starts coming out in their albums later. Again, because Jeff Hanneman's a punk fan, and he wrote a lot of it. And we get that point.
1: It's um, funny, because Jeff Jeff actually wanted to shave his head to be like more no, like no, a hard... No, p- Jeff
0: was a punk. Carrie, was, Carrie was, in, was in Immersible Fate and Judas Priest. Jeff was a punk and he was a surfer guy, but my, the point I'm getting. Well, at I is I wanted Shown to shave no Mercy, his head and Kerry King wouldn't let him. He's like, "Are you nuts?" Being, this isn't me trying to be cool and be like, "I only like early Slayer." I'm saying, early Slayer played more to my my sensibility as a uh, that I and stuff I like in music. But um, I do, man. I dig so I dig Show No Mercy. I, I'm not saying it's a perfect album because it isn't. I'm not saying it's not without its flaws because it has them. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, it's like dude, any first their, album, though. It's most, ban-
1: I mean, dude, most first albums are comprised of songs that a band has had throughout their entire career. So a first album is going to sound, it's probably going to sound a little disjointed. You're going to hear a lot of different influences. You're probably going to hear, you know, <laughs> things that. I mean, it's like that don't always because i mean li- listen a second that's why in a se- that's why a second album is a band's true test and that's why they always call it the sophomore slump is that you know a first album this band's had as long as they wanted, literally as long as they've wanted to write this album, because these songs have been being crafted since the band's formation. So they have the chance to write a song, test it in front of a crowd, say, boy, that song, nobody likes that song. We're going to throw it in the trash. Oh, everybody loves this song. So let's make sure we keep it. Like let's, and they have a chance to experiment with it. Oh, maybe we'll change this part. Maybe we'll change that part, whatever. A second album is all right. You're done with the first. Now you've got
0: X amount of time to write the second album. That's what's funny about first albums is you get one of two things, right? You get exactly what you just described, or you get the band who's got something going on, but they haven't figured it out yet. It's one, it's always one of the two. It's like, they just haven't figured it out. Like, it's cool, but they haven't figured it out yet. Or, you know, and I'm sorry, that's, I'm just going to mention this band because I'm an obnoxiously big fan. Or you have a band like King's X. Why did King's X's first album blow everybody away that listened to it? They'd been around for a decade, (laughs) you know? (laughs) They were band for a decade before they put it out. When you have a decade to hone your craft before you ever put a record, of course, they were veterans at that point, you know? Um, I think Slayer was still, my thing with their first album is I think they were still trying to, I don't think they had honed to their craft yet. I think they were still trying to figure it out. They hadn't been around that long, you know? I, I do. I think they were just trying to hold. They were. They were still figuring it out, man. Um, I don't even think they. They real because I don't know if they realized that they were going to be able to push. The, I mean, dude, I get it. There's that ridiculous picture on the back of the album with Jeff Hanneman and the, the 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 like black the black under his eyes and the upside down cross, which I don't know how the hell he's playing guitar holding it, but whatever. You know that's stupid. I've, I've made fun of that picture ever since I saw it. Um. And they have songs like the Antichrist and blah blah blah, but did Slayer even with the 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 you know the goat on the album cover and blah blah blah? Did they really know how far they were going to be able to take that, that? That 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 was I don't know. I mean, Venom is Venom is still touring. <laughs> they were around yeah, but, before Slayer, right? But Slayer was able to somehow craft that in a different way. Um, so yeah, like, like, hey, let's be fair. It's because they adapted, though. I mean, they... Can I, can I, can I say one thing, though? Here's, here's the difference between Show No Mercy, here's one thing about Show No Mercy that I will say, to kind of support my point, I, again, I would like Show No Mercy. It's a, I mean, it is a, dude, Die by the Sword's a good song, Black Magic is a good song, The Antichrist is a good song, Evil Has No Boundary, they're good songs. Do they stand up against Slayer's later career? No. But they're good songs. Here's my point, though. You listen to Show No Mercy. Yeah, it kind of sounds like Slayer. Dude, the next year they put out Haunting the Chapel, and that is Slayer. Haunting the Chapel is Slayer as you know it. Came out a year later. Haunting the Chapel, chapel is what Slayer will be for the rest of their career. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm not wrong. You said yourself, like, Slayer never really changed. It just, they down-tuned a bit. Okay. But... In general, Slayer never really changed. No, I mean truthfully, if if Haunting the
1: Chapel, Haunting the Chapel, if Haunting the Chapel would have come out right before uh, Rain and Blood, I think you know because Hello Awaits, Hell Awaits, was a great album. Yeah, and it's truthfully, the same thing, but Hell Awaits too. <laughs> Hell I mean, both Waits, of them though. If you look at Slayer's career, there's a lot of natural progressions versus distinct changes. So like you know, I don't think there's ever a point in Slayer's career where you look at this and say, "Wow, is this the same band?" Because like, yes. Diabolus. They started down tuning into C sharp instead of E flat. Yeah, the they did thing. change their writing style a little bit, a little bit, but there's still enough there of Slayer to say, "Okay, this I is just... Slayer trying new things. This is not Slayer changing what they're doing." Like, I, like my, if, you listen, is... if you listen, if you listen, if you listen to like, if you listen to uh, uh, um, 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 Persistence of Time and Sound, or actually, let's yeah, if you listen to Persistence of Time and Sound of White Noise, it's a more distinct change. If you listen to um, so far so good. Or yeah, so far so good. So what? And rust in peace. There's a more distinct change, good or
0: bad. There's a more me, distinct let change. Th- let me say this though: take a band like Metallica, right? Well, that, Metallica I mean, that's plays- a way more distinct change. No, but- no, 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 But I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna draw. I'm gonna, let me just draw a difference here. When Metallica plays a concert now, every song they play, if you don't know the if you didn't know the song, you still knew what album ca- you would know what album came off of because they're all so different. My point... Fine. I know Metallica's the exception to the rule. Forget about the Metallica point. Just as a, as a contrast. Take Haunting the Chapel from 1984. Take the song Chemical Warfare as an example. To this day, Slayer can play... Well, whatever. right? Whatever. On their farewell tour, Slayer could... play, And, and tell me I'm wrong, because I don't think I'm wrong. You're a bigger Slayer guy than me. To this day, Slayer can play Chemical Warfare next to any other song in their in their catalog and you wouldn't know it was written 25 years earlier than another one well that's what i mean like they but, that's my point they, like i mean and i'm not saying that and, and yes while i'm not the world's biggest fan of rain and blood you could easily say if you want to say that that's when they perfected it fine fine maybe rain and blood is them perfecting it but all rain and blood is is a quote unquote better version of what you're hearing on honey chapel it did, so in other words, uh, th- while the first album might not be Slayer as we know it, it didn't take them damn long to figure it out. I mean, the they figured out what worked on that record, and they did it on Haunting the Chapel. I know Haunting the Chapel is, you know, 17 minutes long. Well, Rain and Blood's but, th- 30 minutes long, so. Well, but I mean, like Chemical Warfare, Captor of Sin, those two songs alone, the rest of their career sounds like those songs with again i get it you're every band matures a little bit even motorhead didn't all i mean they all they they had the same style forever but i mean clearly their sound changed a little bit as time goes on especially when phil went off on that cigarette there's there's (laughs) when he went to town on that thing overkill never really changed majorly either but again, you're always going to note you you you're always going to hear a change. The thing about but it that's is that's all the, the, I meant the, about Slayer the, was it was a year after that record that they solidified who they were, and they they never faltered. I the, might think that a whole bunch of Slayer records suck, but the the damn band never sidestepped. I will say this the,
1: though about they Slayer, they never stopped being the Slayer they, they were. They were always there's a couple things about Slayer. First of all, they were always you know they. They were under a lot of pressure meaning they were under more pressure than say Overkill or Exodus because they were higher profile. They were under more pressure were. to they you know you know what they did though? They did something the other bands couldn't do. They were the cool edgy kids. You know what I mean? Like they were the kids in the sunglasses and the leather jacket in the back of the classroom. You know, Metallica was Metallica was the uh, they wouldn't okay. have been in class because hey. they were drunk. Well, no, like no, like, let, like let's let let's look at this in terms no, of, no, they, of they let's were, look no, at Metallica this in terms, terms out, of stereotypes, right? Metallica uh, Metallica was, Metallica was the jock. Stand. Metallica was the football player that everybody liked. You know, Megadeth was the nerd because they were like the they were the ones. You know, Slayer was like the cool. He the okay. Let's look. okay. I'll do it this right. Let's do it this way. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. No. So anthra anthrax okay I'll take that back. Anthrax was the nerd. Anthrax, anthrax was the, were nerd. the kids playing Magic the Gathering. Well, Anthrax was the nerd. <laughs> I mean, like that guy Slayer were the cool kids and sitting in the back of the classroom in their leather jackets and sunglasses, not caring what anybody thought. Metallica were the jocks, and Megadeth were, were the were the like they were like the the studious ones or whatever you want to call it. like the ones who were like you know always getting A's or you know the, the class president type. How about that? Because. That's the thing. Like Metallica was the ones that everybody liked. Everybody listened to every you know Metallica and said, "Oh, this is awesome." You know, they were accessible too. They weren't singing about Satan. They weren't like their music was catchy. It was well structured. It wasn't overly technical. Megadeth was trying to be faster than anybody. So you know what? What? Let let me say this.
0: Metallica. Metallica was like, let me figure out who I want to say this was. Um, Meg, uh, Metallica was like, let me think of who I want to say. This. Give me a second. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out. Metallica was like, you know, um, like Randall Pink Floyd <laughs> in Daisy and Confused. You know what I mean? Like, played on a football team, but everybody liked him. Didn't matter if you were a football oh, dude, because like R- Pink Floyd, right? Randall Floyd in, um, in Dazing and Confused. He was he was the quarterback of the football team, and everybody liked him. The, he was friends with the nerds. He, he was friends with everybody, right? That's Metallica. Yeah, no, and that's so, that's what I mean. Like, no, oh, no, 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 no. Dave Mustaine was Hobanian.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, truthfully, yeah, I mean, he was Dave, Dave, Dave Mustaine, Mustaine was the guy, who, guy out there with something to prove, big chip on his shoulder. He, he would
0: be the guy that he he flunked. Uh, um, uh, yeah, Dave Mustaine would be the guy who flunked his senior year just so he could kick someone's ass again. <laughs> Anthrax, <laughs> Anthrax were the guys having Abraham Lincoln dreams. Yeah, <laughs> am I wrong?
1: Yeah. No, no, no. And, and, but I don't know Slayer. There's, Slayer, there's... Slayer would have been like Dawn. Yeah, nah. See, <laughs> I, don't I, don't, I don't even think so. Like Slayer, wouldn't, it wasn't. But I'm saying like I don't know. That's my point though. Is You know, Megadeth, their only goal is to be faster than Metallica because at the time, that's what mattered. Like it did. You know, finally Dave figured out, like, wait, if I actually write some songs and I don't worry about just being faster than Metallica, I might actually be able. And I'm not saying that the three, the three Megadeth albums that came out in the '80s were bad. I'm just saying that compared to Rust in Peace, those, those. I mean, look, Rust in Peace blows anything they did out of the water without even trying.
0: would it be wrong to say that Slayer was the only one of the four bands who was always comfortable with their identity? Well,
1: that's what, that's what I was getting at. Is that,
0: that that's what I was getting at? But it was folded. easier.
1: But I'll say this: it was easier for Slayer because Slayer appealed to a different audience. Yes, there was. Yes, it appealed to the same audience. But what I mean was. Slayer had the the you know out of the big four and really and truthfully like the big I, I know that there were other bands, like Venom was doing this you know Merciful Fate was kind of out there King Diamond everything but I'm saying like you know Slayer had that broad appeal they were the band that could afford to say we're Slayer we're not changing we're going to be the evil guys and we're going to still sing about Satan and not care whereas the other bands like they were more concerned with commercial appeal Slayer knew they were not going to get commercial appeal Slayer knew that. No one was going to be playing the Antichrist on top 40 radio. Slayer knew that no one was going to be playing angel of death on top 40 radio. They knew that. And the only way they could really survive was to embrace that because the bottom line is if a band like Slayer were to release a black album, they would be abandoned by everybody. They, you know, because they weren't accessible enough like Metallica, where you could go back and listen to their old stuff where the, like I said, the captain of the football team could go back and listen to their old stuff and not be like, wow, these guys are singing a lot of stuff about Satan. They're singing about the Holocaust. I don't know about this. You know what I mean? Versus Metallica, who's singing about Johnny got his gun and, you know, ride the light. They, they weren't singing like that kind of stuff. Anthrax. The biggest problem for Anthrax was Joey Belladonna I'm not saying I dislike Joey Belladonna. I love Joey Belladonna. I like Anthrax's sound,
0: it, probably more than any. I mean, in fairness, Joey Belladonna is the deciding factor for me liking Anthrax more.
1: Well, but that's the thing. A lot of people don't like Anthrax, and a lot of people will say to you, "I don't like Anthrax because they have a guy fine. who sings." And you know,
0: I it, and I'll be honest but with again, you, it's me. And that's why it plays to my musical sensibilities. Well, but, and, that being said, I mean, come on, guy. Did Anthrax ever put out a record as good as Countdown to Extinction or Euthanasia or Rest in Peace? I don't know. I mean, I love spreading the disease among the living. Are they as good as Rest in Peace? Well, good's a relative arguably, term. No, but I mean, arguably, I don't know, maybe not. But I, I will. I, I, I like singers. I've always said this, man. I uh, give me give me the choice between two bands. I'm going to pick the one with the better singer. But that's a th- but, but all things help. You know you know, setter's Paribus, all things held constant. the vocals are what make me a without Belli, Joey Belladonna, I wouldn't be as big of an anthrax fan. But again, that's me. I know that Joey by the way, and I've said this before, I love that the metal world seems to fully embrace Joey now. Well, it's easier like now. Everybody's glad he's there and blah, blah, blah. It's, but, but, but that's
1: the thing. You you still see posts. They don't belong in the big four. And a lot of it always stems from they're like, they got a singer. They don't got a guy. And the thing is, like, I bet if you would have had a guy. And, and he's not only a singer, he's a he's a high singer. And well, if I'll be honest with you, as, as when now. I when I covered when I covered, I am the law. I can't sing like Joey. I can't hit those notes. I don't I'm not I'm not a good enough singer to sing like that. And what's funny is I struggled and I'm not, I'm not making this about me. I'm saying like, I had to sing it like I could sing it. And I struggled to find a way to make the song. And I still don't even think I got it, but I struggled to make a way to sound this, make the song sound right without Joey. Now, was that because I'm just so used to Joey hearing it? Or was that because it totally fit with Joey? And that's a question, you know, like, if Anthrax would have had John, like if, if Armored Saint didn't exist or they broke up and Anthrax would have hired John Bush, you know, on, on for spreading the disease, would they have been the band that every, well, that, that so many people are like, oh, they're terrible. I, I think they should, Exodus should replace them. Testament should replace them in the big four, blah, blah, blah. And yes, I know we've said this a million times. You can't replace Anthrax in, within the big four, unless Testament goes back in time with their DeLorean and sells a bunch more albums. Because the big four is not about popularity. It's not even about who was first. It's about who sold the most records. So complain, whine, moan, all you want about Anthrax being in the big four. But the bottom line is they sold more records than anyone you can put up against. Anyone anyone you
0: like better, they sold more records than them. And even more so than the record sales, none of those bands in the 80s would have headlined over any of the members of the big floor. Well, that, that's what I'm, well, that, that, mostly that was which, due to record which, sales. Which, yeah, yeah, But I just mean, I mean, it's not just album sales either. It's also, it's billing. I mean, it's just what but is billing it? is like, usually like, a result of record no, sales. No, I, I, I agree with you. But I'm I'm just saying it's, it's, they, while, while they're, they come from the same metric, it's just also something else of like, yeah. Well, Testament that's, would have opened for Anthrax. When Anthrax the, wasn't going to open for, Ant- for Testament. When the big. Well, I'll put it this way. Te- Anthrax wasn't opening for Exodus. As far as I'm aware, when Overkill,
1: when the Big Four played Yankee Stadium, Mustaine had a huge problem with Slayer playing after him, but they just pointed to the record sales. They're like, dude, Slayer sold more records than you. Yes, you have probably individually. You have more like you could say countdown to extinction tops. Anything Slayer has done. I don't know if Slayer's ever sold two million of one album. Oh, maybe rain and blood, maybe rain and blood, but the bottom line is, if you look at Slayer's career, they've sold more records overall than Megadeth. They've had less bombs because... And,
0: and let's be fair, at the time, Slayer was a bigger draw.
1: Oh, Slayer was a much bigger well, draw that, than that, Megadeth.
0: That's where, where, where let's, let's be fair. Yes, like I said, album sales versus billing might be the same thing, might not be. The difference is, yeah, it's possible that Countdown, Extinc- Countdown to Extinction could have outsold Slayer's entire career. When the Big Four was playing, Slayer was way bigger. They were a bigger draw. Yeah, they just, but were and and the thing is, like you know, so
1: anyways, you know, like you know, you could look at that and and say that, but the bottom line is, I don't even remember how we got into this conversation, but like I don't know, like
0: Anthrax singers is what we were yeah, the, about. well, but that's what I'm saying, like you know, Slayer, dude, listen to the song Armed and Dangerous and try to like be like, oh, I wish that had. Crappy, But that's the thing, a so guy better,
1: I think a guy like John Bush would have not. gone over more because he's not so surprised. He's not so high. You know, what I mean, and that, what, what what I never understood is you'll have guys that love Judas Priest and Rob Halford and hate Joey Belladonna and, they'll, and they he's won't an say they don't singer, like the though. way Joey Belladonna sounds. They will say they don't like the fact he sings and I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get how you're gonna sit there and say "painkillers" like this amazing song, and I love it so much. But Joey Belladonna sucks because he sings.
0: And and what? And I will. I will say this too. Yeah, if you want to say it's because he sings, you're just an idiot. If you want to say it's because of how he sings, like I get that. Right? I I get not liking how he sounds. Joey is not a metal dude. Joey had never heard of thrash metal when he auditioned for Anthrax. Well, but that's the thing. Anthrax said they wanted a singer. Joey sings Triumph. He plays in a Journey tribute band, but that's the that's thing. What he, and he does it exceptionally well, even to this day. Anthrax when but they again,
1: when they hired Joey, they said flat out, "We want a real singer like Rob Half." They say they even said, "We want to sound more like Judas Priest." They didn't want a guy who's going to get up there and yell or scream, or they didn't want Billy I mean, Milano. You know what I mean? Like that's.
0: I'll, I'll put it this way, like for me. If I have the choice between spreading the disease by anthrax, and by the way, I'm not comparing the bands as much. I'm just saying vocally. If I have the choice between having Joey Belladonna sing a song like Armed and Dangerous or AIR, or you could say, or, 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 would you rather have... Um, uh... Uh yeah. What's his name from Exodus? Um Yeah. Which one anyway. Bailoff? The, the Bailoff, yeah, Paul Bailoff. Dude. It's I'm never picking Paul Bailoff over Joey Belladonna. I'm just not gonna happen. Well that that's hey. a weird situation I mean Bailoff wasn't a singer either. He was they they literally No, no. no, no. That's my point. The point I'm getting at is you have anthrax and you have exodus right let's i get it they're not the same thing but let's look at them as let, let, let's compare them as equal bands you're saying to me would you rather have a vocalist like paul Bailoff? or would you rather have a vocalist like Jer- Jer- Joey joey my, my
1: point is though is Bailoff, me, wasn't even, Bailoff wasn't even a vocalist he was a, he was a dude who they got to do vocals for.
0: right him. but people would
1: Dude, I, I don't like
0: anthrax because they'd rather anthrax have Paul Bailoff. But
1: the, my, my biggest problem with Paul Bailoff, as an example,
0: or any of you, them, you I don't, well,
1: you know why? Them. You know why, though? Let me explain why Bailoff, because he's been sainted. The guy died there. F- and well, look, I'm not okay, taking anything fine, away from right? him. But the thing Even is, at the time, though, at the well, yeah, at the time is fine. But now people would be like, no, I want Bailoff because Bailoff ruled. If Bailoff was still around, I don't know if people would be saying Bailoff ruled. They'd be saying he was good for Exodus, you know whatever he's got going on now. But that's the thing is when, when guys right, like okay, Bailoff so, like, die, Bailoff it immediately says equation. you can't say anything bad about them. You know what all I mean? Right,
0: let's, take, let's take Paul Bailoff out of the equation. People would be like, I don't like Anthrax because they have a singer, but I'd much rather listen to Zetro in Exodus. It's like, dude, I'm not saying anything bad about Zetro. The guy's awesome. Point is, it's not a competition for me. I'll take the – if, if the two bands it's sound pretty much preference. the same, I'm saying if you have two bands that sound relatively the same – I'll take the one with Joey Belladonna over the one with Zetro every day of the week. It's all personal preference. I mean, the bottom... No, 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 no. That's my point. It is personal preference. Like, I don't know. I- a lot of people would... Where you're saying, like, a lot of people would be like, they would have liked the Anthrax more if they had a Zetro or kind of singer. And to me, I'm going, I would like Exodus a lot more if they had a Joey Belladonna kind of singer. That's me, though. I, I know it's preference. That's kind of what I'm getting at, though. But I mean, like, like I, I, think,
1: I think, truthfully, I mean, look, I'm people are going to come in and say, like, no, that's not why I don't like Anthrax, and that's fine. I'm sure, you know, there are going to be a hundred different reasons why you don't like whatever band. But the thing I see most of the time on on social media during conversations and stuff, people always point to Joey, and people will flat out say, oh, they'll be, they'll say, ah, Anthrax in the '80s, I don't mind. I didn't mind it with John Bush though. They're okay with John Bush, and then, but then it, the problem is. When you like John Bush and you like their singer, half the time people will say, but their album sucked because they started going more alt alt rock or alt metal or whatever you want to call it, you know, especially, you know, with that. So it's it's a double edged sword. And the thing is, John never sounded good, in my opinion, doing Joey's songs. If you listen oh. to Lesser of Two Evils, look, John does a good job. John does as good of a job as you possibly could.
0: Dude, they're, 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 those two singers are nothing alike.
1: But th- I mean, that's exactly it. It's like it's like hearing Bruce Dickinson sing Paul Dano stuff. It's like Bruce. Well, I mean, they d- Bruce will do great, but at the same time, you can't. You at least I can't help but always want to hear Paul doing yeah. those
0: songs. I mean, it's one of those things where like Anthrax hired. They got rid of Joey and hired John because they wanted a complete change. They didn't hire another singer that could sing like Joey. They wanted to not sound like Joey. And and the ironic thing is they got rid of Joey because they said flat out
1: his voice was an 80s voice, and they didn't want to go into the 90s with an 80s voice.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, that, uh... And by the way, that that first Belladonna album is awesome. You're a dick. Just admit it. You're a dick. Just admit it. If that entire album isn't him being mad at Scottie and I don't know what is... um, that whole album. Well, all, it's so good. Scott though. even it's admits that was so a mistake. Good. Like Scott no, even says flat
1: like, out. He goes, he goes, I should never have done that.
0: When you when you listen to that album, it's all like him talking about this guy who's a dick. Like It's the whole thing. But dude, that first Belladonna record, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's amazing. Amazing. I've had it on CDs since it came out. and I love, I love every second of it. And I still do. Anyway, so. By the way. We need to take a look at something here. We are. At this point. We're pushing time here, man. We are. We're at the two and a half hour mark at this point, or something <laughs> like it. Um, I drank <laughs> well, a Pushing time is better than pushing other things. So. Well, I push ass, but you know, I, <laughs> well, hey, you do, you man. Hey, you do, you do. Uh, hey, lady ass, lady ass with at least a size. But, with, but wouldn't, they a doing
1: doing
0: <laughs> wouldn't they be doing that? I wouldn't mean, they be doing pushing? I'm. I, no, no, no. I'm. Yeah, but I'm talking about. What, yeah, but pushing ass isn't about banging ass. Pushing ass is about you know selling the ass. <laughs> I didn't know you were a pimp. (laughs) Hey, you know, got to be good at something, folks. Uh, I'm I'm quite the salesman. What can I say? Um, Anyway, look, we're at the two and a half hour mark. I drank a lot of beer. I got to take a squirt. I don't want to take a break and come back because we'll be here till 5 a.m. Yeah, this will be a five hour long episode. The nice thing about 1983 is it's a year that happened already. And because of that, there's no new news. (laughs) No news. (laughs) No no news.
1: No no news. Every once in a while,
0: Duff suddenly is from Brooklyn. (laughs) For no good reason. I hope there's nudes, though, because if there's not nudes, then this whole thing is pointless. Anyway, the nice thing about 1983 is it's not going anywhere. It'll be here for the rest of this year. Um, I mean, it'll always be here, but the point of talking about 1983 is because it's 2023 and it's been 40 years. Math is a bitch, I know. But um, we can come back to this. There's plenty of other records. We kind of spent the whole time talking about, uh, like, two. But a lot (laughs) about, you know what? Good stuff. It's good stuff. It's good stuff, and that's good. So um, real quick, before we get out of here. Got to remind everybody, especially if you're new to the show, nothing at any point in time in this episode was paid for or sponsored. Um, I know we kind of talked about some things in the beginning that might sound like it, but it wasn't. We were not paid for doing it. Uh, We run no ads. We take no sponsors. We make no money off the show. We're not asking for your sympathy. We just want you to know uh, because it's important to us that you know that. Uh, Don't forget, check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook at The Heavy Metal Hangover. Get a hold of us if you message us and we don't get back to you. It's not because we're dicks. Uh, We are, but it's not because we're dicks. It's because sometimes those apps are weird, and we don't even see the messages. Uh, Rex spends more time on social media than I do, but even still, things easily get lost in the shuffle. Um, you can always comment on any of our posts. Uh, like, hey, if you just comment, like, hey, dicks, I sent you a DM. Why don't you check it out? Like, we'll do that. It's it's cool. Uh, on top of that, um, we want to remind you that if you're, you know, if you've got an old lady and she's got boobs that are at least a seek up. Uh, and you want to send us naked pictures of her, uh, we'll take them, and then we'll look at them, and we'll cherish them. And if we have a wank, we won't tell you about it, because that's weird. You know what I mean? Like, there's some things you don't do. Like, you don't walk to somebody and be like, hey, your old lady's kind of hot. I, I had a wank thinking about her. Like, uh, that's just weird. We probably won't do that. I might, but we collectively won't. We will not officially, as a, as, a, as a show, say that we did that. Um, <laughs> otherwise... It's been a lot of fun, and I'm glad we did it. Um, I, I do. I want to go um, go throw a movie on and uh, eat something and have myself a good night. Uh, Rex, do you have anything you want to add to this, nope. this closing segment of the show before we, before nope. we go away? Um, we will be back next week, though. It's, it's kind of fun. I know we missed a couple of weeks, but uh, I don't think there's going to be a, a time in the near future that we're going to miss. So we're going to keep doing this. Um, been a lot of fun. Halloween is coming up. By the way, the two of us both did some cover songs. Um, yours are better than mine. I just do them because, what the hell, I'm bored. But uh, we both did some cover songs. I even did a Misfits song, and everyone's like, you don't like the Misfits. I'm like, I didn't say I did. But um, <laughs> I, I never said I did. But in fairness, Dig Up Her Bones is a cool song because it, it is. Um, but I'm not a Misfits fan. I never will be. But it was a fun song to cover, and I'm glad I covered it. Uh, you did Skulls, which is that, you know – People who like the Misfits, they all really like that song. So you picked a good one. Um, I prefer well. do, I prefer
1: covering Danzig because his voice is more like mine.
0: Well, Graves' voice is nothing like mine. But dig up her bones, I was able to sing in a different key and use my normal voice. Like I was not doing an impression of anybody. I just sang in my normal voice. But it's a song that my my normal voice was able to. It sits in a different spot than Graves, but it sits in a spot that kind of it kind of worked for the song. I I'm not saying it was good. I'm saying the key I sang it in kind of worked. So, Danzig I like I one.
1: when I sing Danzig stuff cuz I did Halloween last year. Again, I'm also not saying it's good. Um I'm not a singer I never have been, but um I don't know, it's one of those it's one. his, his voice, his natural like singing voice is right around where my natural singing voice is, so you know, with the exception Danzig of a few is Danzig is very hard
0: for me. Danzig very. it's very hard for me. I know he's got a lower voice, but it sits in a weird his his voice sits in a weird spot for me. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's very hard for me to do that. When I again. when I
1: did the video cuz I always we yeah, we both always do videos. When I did the video for that uh, of course I of course I I wore all skull masks cuz I thought it would be funny, but I almost turned the microphone upside down just as a nod to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I hey, if you watch the video that I made, <laughs> I put a little subtle joke at the end. You won't get the joke unless you know the show. If you know the show, you'll get the joke. Um, it's a very specific thing that I made, I, I literally stopped at McDonald's before recording that video solely for that video. Watch the end, you'll see what I mean. If you don't get the joke, that's probably good because you haven't heard me say the thing that, that'll explain what that joke is, but anyway. Um, so, so yeah, man, uh, Halloween's coming up. Next week we will definitely talk about Halloween because it'll be the show right before Halloween. You should have uh, worn a meat suit. I should have worn a meat suit, but you know, hey, you know, it happens. Or at least I, had the meat sweats. I should have. I should have. <laughs> I always have the meat sweats. What are we talking about? It's probably the Chinese food sweats, but... Uh, anyway, the so, yeah, we're going to... The succulent Chinese meal. The succulent Chinese meal. So, um... What, what, what is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? Get your hands off my penis! I love that. Oh, God, anyway. So, we're going to get out of here. Um, it's tinkle time, and I want to drink some more... Watch something and uh, crash. So, anyway, we want to thank you very much for listening. It's been fun. My name is Doug. My name is Rex. And we will see you again next week on another episode of The Heavy Metal. Hangover. Congratulations for actually making it all the way through this episode of The Heavy Metal Hangover with your beer-guzzling, head-banging host, Rex and Doug.